The Ron and Fez show starts right now. Six weeks ago, I get an anonymous phone call telling me I could find Keaton eating at Mondino's with his attorney. And there he is. Now, because he never profited from his alleged death, and because we convicted someone else of the murder we tried to pin on him, we had to let him go. He was dead just long enough for the murder rap to blow over. And then he had lunch. I don't know about that. Oh, I don't think you do. But you say you saw Keaton die. I think you're covering his ass and he's still out there somewhere. I think he's behind that whole circus at the harbor. My bet is he's using you because you're stupid and you think he's your friend. You tell me this day, so be it. Uh, but is it's the Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 
866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Ron Bennington, Fez Watley, Chris Stanley, and also Eastside Dave McDonald, who now calls himself a gentleman farmer. Surprising. Very, very surprising. Uh, looking around for some Ichibans. Ichibans. Ichibans, of course, being... Number one. Number one, and that is in the voice of Asia. Asia, Fezzi, where everybody dresses a lot more comfortable. You won't see hard shoes in Asia. They wear slippers, mm -hmm. but then when they go inside, they even have to take those slippers off, and then they all get into a hot bath together. They're civilized. They're civilized folk. Why not just change the name of the country to Comfortable? Very good point, Fezzi. Uh, what is the Ichiban for you, Fez? What are you talking about with your friends? And I hope it's something other than that strange pimple on the end of your nose that you have. Oh, it's awful. It has come to a complete point. It's like... It's, I, I just noticed it now. I, I've had it for days. Yeah? Yeah, and it is the most compact pimple. It is taking up a tiny space, but it sticks out huge. You know what? Soon, you'll be getting pubes. That's where you're going with this. I'm not looking forward to it, Ronnie, and I, I don't want to have to start shaving either. I know, I know it's a difficult age, your you're braces, you're all buck teeth and elbows, you have trouble meeting boys, but trust me, it's all going to work out for you. I just can't wait to get these braces off. <laughs> well, your legs are really, really starting to straighten out. Uh, what have you been talking about with your friends over there on Roosevelt Island Fest? What's happening? Indianapolis and the public school system getting mm. ready for Super Bowl. <laughs> the day after Super Bowl, goody, goody, kids. The public schools in Indianapolis are going to let you start school an hour later, except you have to make up a half hour of that after school at the end of the day so you're really getting about a half hour off to watch your indianapolis colts go to super bowl 44 uh what are they doing in new orleans a couple months off i'm i'm sure that it'll be a week off uh, mm. at least well uh probably and i don't know anything about this story but a lot of these states have very strict rules about how many days that the kids have to be in. You'd like to see them get the day off, right? That's what you're after. Exactly. Give them the day off. Have some fun. You don't all need all to right, be... Alright, but no one graduates. See, that's how it would be. But but that's only because it's state laws. That's why you only get... I remember when we lived down in Virginia, there was a big uh, thing because they used up all their snow days, and the kids had to start going at the end of the year instead of, like, summer. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're basically fucked, because if they left it up to each local school district, you know, those people would take off for farming day. They don't give a <laughs> shit. It's planting season. Um, they're the earth to New Orleans. They're the, Yeah, they are. Well, they're middle-of-the-country folk, Fezzi. They don't like to do parades and, and uh, get all gussied up and yell shit out. They just... <laughs> They want to stay calm. <laughs> They're as serious as their quarterback. They're all as serious as Peyton Manning. Yeah, I guess it is. I guess that's a good point, you you're, know? You're just a reflection of your quarterback. Well, you know, they're Bible folk. And they have Bibles in New Orleans, but it's really just a, a place to put your drinks on. It's just a fun place to lay your drinks down on. Well, what, one reason they gave for at least even giving the hour at the beginning of the day uh -huh. is so that the bus drivers will be on time for work. Sober up the bus drivers? Yeah. So it's like, all right, so that's a good idea. If the bus drivers are so hungover that they 
really need another 60 minutes. Well, it's really gotten funny with the Super Bowl, and you can see people are now, I'm hearing people act like, well, they should move it to a Saturday because we need the next day off. And you see that they're aiming towards holiday. This is just a fucking football game. You really don't need to recover from sitting and watching something. Do what I do in school and take your own fucking days off. Don't make it an official bullshit thing. Uh, just do what you got to do to get over. Uh, Mike, Mike and PA, you're in my face. Hey, guys. I was going to say, in Louisville, Kentucky, they get the day off before the Kentucky Derby that Friday is Oak State. All the schools are closed. And here in central Pennsylvania, we get the first day of hunting off the day after Thanksgiving, the Monday after Thanksgiving. Um, but see, here's the, and that's actually uh, a really nice thing, but the deal is this. Why couldn't the kids come into school? They, the game is going to be over by what, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night? Right. Go to bed after that, get up and go to school. What is this recovery? Are we expecting the kids are going to be doing crystal meth all night, celebrating? Uh, Hicks, when you were in school and you needed a Hicks day, did you feel like it needed to be official? Yeah, no, I just was like, yeah, I don't want to go in today. It's yeah. raining out. Fuck that. I used to tell my mom, Snow Day, I heard it on the radio. I told her that right up to fucking May 30th. I, I don't know. Some kind of fucking snow day? I guess I'm going to go back wreck out. Plus, I'm fucking ace and everything. Why worry? I'm going to come back, kid. I take the day off and give my mom my bus pass. Like, yeah, hey, you go to work for free. This is going to be <laughs> great you for you. enjoy yourself. <coughs> but do me a favor. Bring me back so I change. I don't want you running all over town. I don't see why they need an organized day off. Fuck those kids. But if and you, what happens if they lose? If they lose, you got to go to school. Then you're not up late. Either way, win or lose, you're not going to be able to sleep after that. You're either going to be up celebrating or up crying. Well, here's the deal. Learn how to fucking work on no sleep. Adults have to do it. Try working a fucking swing shift. You don't know what time you got to go in. Of course you're going to be lit up. Sunglasses, kids. Sunglasses. Uh, Tyler. Tyler is in Indianapolis. How you doing, buddy? Hey, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I got the explanation for you. Yeah. A couple years, the last time the Colts won the Super Bowl, all the bus drivers called in sick, and they had to cancel school because there was no bus drivers. So, and they've been going back and forth about this all, all week. So it really has nothing to do with the kids at all. It's really about the fucking bus drivers getting <laughs> fucked up. Why don't we admit this for what it is? Because there's no way a kid is going to be so excited that he's not sleeping in an, an inch. And if you do that, wouldn't you want to show up with your buddies in your fucking stupid Colts hat and everything and be high-fiving? What do you want to do? Get up late? Watch Regis like a fucking idiot? Um... Take off whatever day you need, kids. I'm going to tell the people of Indianapolis and all the kids in Louisiana. Take the days that you need. That's all. It comes down to that. Uh, Don. Don in Vegas. You're on Fez. Hey, buddy. He's got yeah. an Ichiban for you. All right. I'm going to play this. So you know where I'm coming from with this. Gotcha. Hey, your boys earlier broke it this morning, but uh, for all those lowly BlackBerry users, SiriusXM launched the app for us. Uh, used it already. Been using it all morning. It sounds awesome. Loving it. 
Loving it, loving it. Yeah, the, the minus a few sock channels, um, it works great as far as the interfa- interface goes. I don't have a touchscreen phone. I have the BlackBerry Tour, and the uh, the interface for it is perfect. It, it works great. A lot, a lot better than what I thought BlackBerry would have came out with, because usually they come out with apps that are just garbage. Yeah, but they've been actually moving forward in the world. Uh, and I know Dave has one. Dave, how's yours working? It's incredible. I mean, the, it's really crystal clear. I've got a Black, uh, BlackBerry Storm, and it's just phenomenal. I'm so happy that they did this. I really am. All right. There you go. There's uh, BlackBerry uh, lover, Eastside Dave. Dave can't get enough of his BlackBerry. Can't get enough of it. Reminds us every day that he has one. You, on the other hand, Fezzy, still turn off your cell phone when you go home. I can never reach Fez. Just use my landline. I do, and then how do I know when you're not home? I'm not going to make two fucking calls for you. I text his fucking house phone all the goddamn time by mistake. It's Get rid of the fucking house phone. Let's. Here's the deal. None of us are going to call you on the house phone. Your work phone is your cell phone. And that has to stay on all the time. It's not costing you big money to fucking take the phone and leave it on while you plug it in at home. So that's the only way. No one else call his house phone again. Thank God. I'm going to save like $300. Anyone sell the cell calls are so much cheaper. Let's just say this: anyone who calls his cell phone is fired from this mo- moment on. It's a fireable offense. Uh, Hicks, turn that into a memo and then give that memo to Dave and make Dave sign it and give it back to you. Don't. But it's like me when I get home. Me and the cell phone both power down. Well, that's fine, but then you won't be in on things anymore, and that's a fireable offense. If we may call you and tell you what you need to bring uh, the next morning. Or whenever we start. When do we start? 11? 11 we start. Why doesn't we seem earlier? I feel like I have the same exact schedule as O&A. I feel like the same exact times. <laughs> There's no fucking difference. I used to love it when we started at noon. I was hoping they said we won't change you by an hour. I go, yeah, I can be in here by one. No, other direction. 11. And, um... You know, uh, I saw the boss yesterday. I saw him coming in, saw him coming out. You know, it was about four hours and one minute in between both times I said hi to him. He goes, you're leaving now? You just got here. I go, yeah. He goes, God, you got a great life. I said, tell me about it. Learn how to crack a mic. Crack a mic for yourself and you won't be down there looking at papers. You ever go into these people's offices? They got papers of things. Stacks. The fuck is this, school? What are you reading on those papers? Oh, Blackberry. Oh, okay. I'll put this in the BlackBerry pages. I couldn't do that all day. But people don't have filing cabinets anymore. That is a thing of the past. You file on your uh, computer, and it's all thing. It's a paperless society, except for Fez. There's barely uh, desk drawers anymore. It's just a tabletop that people work off of. Just the way we started in kindergarten. Just the tiny little <laughs> tabletop. My dad still has a uh, cabinet, filing cabinet, and he locks it. as it, Like he's Michael Clayton, and, you know, my mom's going to discover secretive information. There's porn. <laughs> he's got fucking something there called Big Black Ass. Of course he doesn't want your mom to see it. Um, Al, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, boys, morning. Good morning hey, uh, Indiana does not observe daylight saving time, so... Right now in Indianapolis, I believe it's only 10, about 10.30 in the morning. Those kids are getting a freaking extra hour of sleep anyway. It doesn't make any sense. The whole thing doesn't make sense. Don't go planning stuff unless you win. 
And then just fucking the bus drivers don't show up. No big deal. Send the little latchkey kids back home. Tell them that they can watch Hoosiers all day. Come in and write a report on it. All right, uh, it's a snow day, so make sure you're ready to report on Hoosiers. Steve in Louisville, you're on the first show. Hey, Ryan. Uh, hey, when I was in the Army and I was stationed over in Germany, we used to get half of the day off following the Super Bowl as a training holiday, so everybody could sleep in because they come on to like 2 o'clock in the morning. After so the Super Bowl? Yeah, so we wouldn't have to be first till like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, so if anybody wanted to attack us, it was like, boom, you knew what was going on. See, the military knows what they're doing. You know the last time they took any extended time off, Fez? No. Vietnam. They didn't get shit done over there today. They did not get shit done over there. Is there really a day off in the military? I mean, you still have to, if you're in the Army, you still have to get up and make your bunk. And uh, I see. You're, you're going from that fucking TV show, Gomer Pyle? That whole make your bunk thing? Yeah. Okay. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. By the way, Jay Moore on his Twitter uh, said that the Colts were the only NFL team named after a baby animal. So, uh, Jay Moore, apparently siding with the Saints. Although, to be quite honest about it, I don't think uh, the Saints is a much tougher name. No, a Saint you wouldn't think would do anything to anybody. Yeah, they, would, they would come over and bless the Colts and, you know, bless their efforts that day. Heal them. Mm -hmm. if, they, if they were real, if it was like a real Saint right. and a real Colt, a... Uh, a saint would just be there, and the cult would love the saint, and there wouldn't be a, even a fucking real game at all. Yeah, the saint would just let the cult run. Run free. What's a better name? I think cult is a better name. I think it's a tougher-sounding name. It a sounds cult? Like, yeah, it sounds, it's also the name of a gun and a malt liquor. Yeah, I don't think they're talking about it in that direction, though. It ain't the cult 45s. I wish it was. Uh, give me the uh, give me the saints. It's religious. It's, it gets more respect. But the saints were always uh, martyred, so they were constantly uh, being burnt at a stake, burnt upside down. They had their eyes pulled out. All kinds of shit. What a saint normally gets the sainthood from is why you're torturing them. You don't give up Jesus. They're almost like the anti-Judas. Well, they got resolved then. Yeah. Uh, here is uh, Brian in St. Louis. Hey, Brian. Hey, Ronnie. Ichiban. Okay. 38-year-old uh, man kite surfing in Florida, Stewart Beach, killed by sharks. Wow. Yeah, there are a lot of sharks on that side. On that side over there, uh, Daytona, Cocoa Beach, you always hear about a shark bite. But normally those sharks aren't big enough to kill you, like the Australian sharks or the Hawaiian sharks. But they'll just put a nice uh, hole in you. I saw this thing, this girl the other day in Australia had to fight a fucking shark off with a boogie board. Fucking sitting there whacking a goddamn boogie board at a shark. Jack Nicholson's daughter is making her screen debut as that one blonde girl who gotten half of her eaten, a uh, half of her arm eaten off by a shark. I love that girl. Yeah, and so that's Nicholson's uh, daughter's going to be playing her. Uh, the, the great thing about it is that little girl started surfing, I think. Six hours after her arm was eaten off. She got. She just said to the hospital, she goes, I had to take a piss. Looks out the window. A fucking set was coming in. She runs out and starts catching waves. Six hours after her surgery. When's this movie coming out? I'm going to go see it. I believe it's coming out this summer, you know, because they want to make it into, a, obviously, a summer film for that reason. I saw the trailer for the new Ricky Gervais uh, film last night, Cemetery Junction. 
And I think I love the trailer, or else I just love the song, All the Young Dudes. You can trick me into the fucking movie by playing All the Young Dudes during the uh, soundtrack. That's how fucking Juno got me. I'm like, this fucking movie looks great. And what I really want to say is, why did David Bowie give that song to Monta Hoople? It's fucking fantastic. But then I went to the movie, they played it for two seconds. And she, didn't she not, like, not know it or whatever? She was like, the oh, fucking, what's this? Yeah, the fucking guy's like, uh, oh, she plays it for the guy like it's fucking something special. He's like, yeah, I know this tune. The guy's supposed to be like fucking 40. Yeah, you're going to wrestle with all the young dudes. Fucking Earl for years has said, would you like to do an RBI with Ian Hunter? He always just fucks with me. I'm like, fuck yeah. Every time he doesn't get him. And for some reason, Earl is just obsessed with Jerome Bettis now. No one can figure out why. Rock in the belly version, huh? Hell yeah. What's your anti mata hoople thing? Where'd that come from all of a sudden? Close to David Bowie, that's all. Alright. Well, I just don't want it to be anti mata hoople No, no, not at all. You know, I'll roll away the stone if we need to. Hey, that, your friendly neighborhood. Sadis wants to take you for a ride. Another uh, movie uh, based in the early 70s. And I don't know why it works for movies. Dave, for you, what era works best? Make a movie about. I love the um, like the late sixties type of stuff. Uh, you like that Woodstock thing last year? I love night, the Woodstock. I love just all that kind of shit. Yeah, I really do. Fez, yours is the future. Deep into the future somehow. <laughs> exactly. Yes. When we're uh, visiting other planets. There is a new documentary out that made me laugh really hard because I thought of you and Dave, uh, and it's called The People versus George Lucas. And it's a worldwide thing of people that are just so angry with George Lucas right now. Some of them even made up a song like George Lucas fucked up my childhood by going back and making those things. Now, obviously you wouldn't hate George Lucas unless you absolutely loved him at one point, right? That's the only reason to be mad. I'm not furious with the guy. You know, I get it. Right, you fell in love with his original films and the world, the universe he created. But then why hate him? Because you no longer want to be part of that. And I don't know if there's ever been an artist where I'm like, I am fucking crazy about this person. And then I get angry with him. See, I really, I honestly believe from my, by my heart that the internet has made people like, thinking they're way more powerful and creative than they are. Because before the internet, there's no way you could imagine a Star Wars universe the way George Lucas did. But now everyone thinks that they can do it. Like they wrote it. And yeah. you see Lost really went into that? Like he's acting like, I'm going to fix the fucking Star Wars yes. thing so that they don't put the Ewoks in it? Yeah. So they were already hating him early on. Right. Now they decided... Not only do we hate him now, we hated him in 81 or whatever. <laughs> and that's not, it's not historically accurate. Jedi but, is a good movie. And you feel the same way. You're frustrated with George Lucas. Very frustrated. That Revenge of the Sith, I was really disappointed in. But, but how does that make you to hate? How can you go from that fucking point to now I hate the guy? That's what I'm not fucking getting. I don't understand 
why they're actually furious like he has somehow ripped me off when you still have the original work that you said you love so much. It's almost like I love a guy who gave me a present and then he gave me another present and now I hate him because I don't like the second present. Why wouldn't you still be happy with whatever, whatever the fuck you got? Because you trusted this man. This is the only guy that that if he's it was going to keep it going, he was the guy that you trusted. Why do you need to keep it going? Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Godfather 1, Godfather 2. Love the films. Whatever happened to Francis Ford Coppola, he stopped making fucking really fantastic films. I don't hate him. I didn't go out to fucking, you know, youth versus youth or whatever the hell it was. I just stopped finally going after, you know, doing that a couple of times. But it never takes away the fact that I thought he made some really brilliant films in the 70s. And I don't say it's not his responsibility to keep the Godfather universe alive for me. It's fucking insane. If anything, it's way more, way more common for an artist to have brilliant works earlier in their career and then maybe have some works that aren't so great towards the end. Just fucking get over it. That's the way life is. Few people are Dylan. And even Dylan, you could easily say, never fucking hit the peak that he had in the Right. 60s. I mean, I still think his modern albums are brilliant, but they're not. Absolutely. They're not, obviously, he's blonde on blonde. Yeah. And and what you know, and you can say the same about Paul McCartney. I always tease Dave yeah. about Paul McCartney, but there's no reason to be angry with him, uh, and Eddie Vedder, and Axl Rose. And now I always just like to tease Dave because he he loves all those. That was a trifecta people. right there. I know. <laughs> Davey Mac three. But again, are you going to be able to keep writing Appetite for Destruction? Fuck no. That's why everybody made a big deal about it the first time. But people are such whiners these days. and I, I Not only are they whiners, though. I mean, come on. I'll, I'll let you guys watch this thing with me. Come on over and put it up on uh, this screen where we can get audio. Go to uh, Deadline. Uh, I think it's Deadline Hollywood. Or just put in Deadline in the Google thing. It's that Nikki Fink. And she has a trailer up. And there's these people are from all over the world. And they're just fucking furious with George Lucas. And... Every, you know, kind of language that you can fucking have. And I'm like, really? You guys hate him now? You know, he also gave those people the Indiana Jones things. You know, so he gave you two different things. Yeah, it's such a great thing with Darth Vader, and then that Revenge of the Sith just ruined the whole legend that how, he had built up. How does it ruin it? It's Be still there for you. Cause you don't have to watch the other ones. Because of the way that, you know, that he laid it out, how Darth Vader was supposed to be, and then the way he pulled back, you know, to let us know that Darth Vader's really a nice guy. Well, then maybe you should make your own movies. Maybe you should sit down and say, I want to make my own fine fucking movie. Here we go. Well, this computer takes a long time. All right, yeah, put it in over here. The People versus George Lucas is the name of this. And it should, by the way, be called The Homely People. Because there's no attractive people that like these movies. Not in a legal sense. George appeals to the child in everybody. That guy unlocked a generation's imagination. I don't really get that, man. I imagine George in a, in a crystal castle drinking margaritas, lying on a bed made of people. A lot of people view George Lucas 
as the Antichrist. جورج لوكاس هو شيطان صغير جاء في ثوب ملك. He's like the evil genius of marketing. Return of the Jedi was the beginning of merchandising, and then the whole thing became super commercial from then onwards. He's just throwing stuff out. We're going more. Come on, George. More. I'm a bit disappointed. I mean, how can he not feel bad that people who love you and worship you as a god like turn against you as if you're some sort of fallen angel? You know, has he fulfilled his destiny or has he destroyed his legacy? I think when you get specialists who are absolute devotees, you're wide open to criticism. Le fait de haïr autant les nouveaux films est une preuve très grande de l'amour qu'on leur porte. All right, let's just stop it. These people are fucking nuts. They're fucking out of their minds nuts. One guy said he's a devil disguised as a false prophet. <laughs> it's like he's a, he's making fuck. He's well, he's like Jim Henson. But you know, here's the other deal. Um, he made this film something like forty years after Wizard of Oz. So don't act like we had no imagination in film. There was nothing for kids in films before him. Disney had fucking made a million fucking films for kids. You people, for whatever reason, can't put your fucking childhood away. Why can't you just remember it as a fantastic childhood memory for you? Not some universal... And, you know, the other part of it, too, now they hate them for the marketing. The same people who owned all the fucking yeah. toys and shit and the, and the uh, sheets and whatever the fuck you want. They're totally bullshitting. There's yeah. no way that those people in this movie didn't have the lunch boxes and the action figures. Everyone right. did. Everyone. And, and they still want those fucking kind of movies. You could go see Hurt Locker. You don't have to go to Avatar. But people, when given the choice, they would rather go see the big cartoony movie. And then they'll come home and bitch like, was very believable. The people were blue. You're going to a child's movie. <laughs> I, 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 I hear people fucking complain about Wally, -E, and I'm like, it's not made for you. It's made for a fucking five year old child. I still watch the original trilogy. I love it, so I don't understand these people who, you know. What could be possibly ruined? You have that experience. That film stands up. If you really loved that thing, why would it be ruined? Yeah. Did fucking Godfather 3 ruin the fucking Godfather for anyone? You're an idiot if it did. Right. You're a fucking moron. If you can't say that one film will just be where it is for me. Um, James in Atlanta. James, you're on Ronnie Fez. Ronnie. Yeah. Fez. Uh, you guys got to check out on this exact topic. A guy has done a YouTube. It's split into seven parts. It's a 70-minute review of The Phantom Menace. And it's freaking absurd. Yeah, I've seen it. I, I couldn't even... Uh, Watch the entire thing, but every I know all my fucking friends send it to me like it's some kind of brilliance. It's just a guy ripping it, and that guy's already done an Avatar one now. Really? <laughs> he's already yeah. He's already so now his fucking you know his gimmick is to sit around and do these long YouTube's <laughs> bitching about different things. Yeah, I'm sure everything that he says about it is true. I remember when Episode One came out, Fez Watley was wearing the fucking hat. How many times did you say it? Oh, I I probably saw it in the theater like eight times. No. Now you hate it. At the time, you saw it eight times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you decided you hate it. Right. 
Now, did you only hate it from what you started reading on the Internet? No. What happened with me was I finally, when I realized what had gone wrong with Revenge of the Sith, I felt like I was, you know, sticking up for the guy through Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. You know, looking back on it, uh-huh. like I didn't want—I didn't want to believe they were bad movies. I refused to believe. And then when Revenge of the Sith, the one that I was waiting for, the big payoff—I mean, I could deal with Jar Jar Binks as long as I got that good number three, Revenge of the Sith. And then that didn't happen, and it's like it all came crashing down around me. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so now you decided stunk, but you saw it eight times. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't. That's the part of this I, I'm not even fucking comprehending. Right. That's like um, fucking going back to the same girl who treats you like shit. <laughs> um, Mike, Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys, uh, listen. I just want to say I'm a really big fan. I like what you do. Whatever. <laughs> Um, I just want to say, I noticed you guys mentioned The Godfather 3, and um, if you talk to any real true Godfather fan, they'll probably acknowledge that that film doesn't even really exist. They won't even acknowledge that. They'll acknowledge the first two, but never even the third one. Well, there's no reason for you to. There's no reason for you to to dwell on anything other than the fucking enjoyment that you get out of it. That's all. And I, I, I can't, I'm trying, I'm racking my brain. To think if there's anyone I was ever a fan of that I fucking turned on and started hating. I may have said, you know, I'm out. You know, I'll wait until he starts making stuff that I like again. But I can't imagine that I would turn around and start being frustrated or act like I was, you know, fooled. Right. I mean, I don't... Never mind fooled me. (laughs) After I started to hear the next few albums, I became furious. Yeah, I can't think of it. I mean, I kind of used to really like Dennis Miller on NBC, uh, on SNL Nightly News. Uh-huh. And then when he got, like, not just conservative, but I just thought his, his the arrogance, he always had the I'm Dennis Miller kind of thing. Right. But the arrogance kind of went off the charts. And I no, kind of. I think he was always arrogant. It's just that you believed in him a little more when he when you thought you shared the same fucking Probably. philosophy as him. Probably. Just like fucking people tell me they hate O'Reilly, but they. they Fucking love the guy on MSNBC. Oberman. He's just the other fucking side. <laughs> same He's person. the same guy. <laughs> They're doing the same fucking uh, thing. Um, Doug, Doug, you're on my face. Hey, Ron, I wanted to ask you a question about the... Uh, a couple months ago, you are raving about a really, really wonderful trailer. I think the movie was called Nine. It had a really huge star cast, Penelope yeah. Cruz. I wanted to know if you saw that and what you thought about it. Well, it, visually, it was uh, a beautiful film to look at. But story-wise, it's like any fucking musical. You know what I mean? It's just like whatever you think of Chicago, uh, Nine was the same thing. But visually, you got to look at these attractive women all dressed up, and they're in Italy. But then you're listening to Broadway-type tunes for, you know, two and a half hours. And I went and saw it at the Zig... Um, and I'm like, okay, you know, I get it. This is the same reason if you went to Broadway. Mm-hmm. You could say it looks beautiful, but I had to listen to those, you know, Broadway-type songs all that time. Same deal. Yeah. Just the musical, when they break into song, always feels yeah, unnatural. Yeah, what do you, you know, then they're like, oh, and they're ima- the song just takes place in this imagination. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> well, what a bunch of hot chicks. What a cool little fucking Fiat he's driving around in. <laughs> nice suit. <laughs> You know, people get to smoke after dinner. Uh, and, you know, it's really fucking uh, funny. Uh, 
but maybe even with this Avatar thing, um, because visually it's so far ahead, maybe it should win Best Picture. You know, it's not like the other ones are so fucking great this year, but a lot of times visually, at least with myself, I'll fucking be like, well, yeah, but I didn't get the story I was looking for. I didn't have the dialogue I was looking for, hmm. but uh, I don't know. But it's just one of the fucking components, you know, uh, Dan in Florida, you're my fez. I think people turned on Woody Allen after he started dating uh, Mia Farrow's adopted daughter. Yeah, they did. Although we didn't have a huge outside of New York and L.A. fan base anyway. And that wasn't because of the, his work. That was because of his personal life. And, right. You know, people didn't all of a sudden start saying, uh, Bolts Over Broadway sucks, I hate Woody Allen. Because it yeah. didn't. And cause yeah, the critics be. were always there for him, but he never had the mass appeal right. with the center of the country. You know, he just never did. At any point <laughs> in his career. Not even like with Bananas? Or take the money and run? Maybe a little more than, but it wasn't what you would call blockbusters. Right. Um, let's go uh, Let's go over here to uh, Jake in Houston. You're on a fest. Hey, guys. Uh, I think uh, the best film of the year was Away We Go. Um, I think it came out in the summertime. It's pretty darn good. Um, I don't even know. Who was in it? Uh, the guy from The Office, uh, Jim from The Office, and then... Uh, oh, I did see that. Yeah, it's yeah. like a little romantic comedy. Oh, with Maya Rudolph. Yeah, it was just a tiny little film. I liked it. Uh, some of my friends didn't like it at all, though. They're like, it's too fucking Brooklyn hipster. That's what I mean is hearing all the time now. So, so it's fucking sick of the ironic hipster thing. <laughs> um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Hi, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Uh, good afternoon. I wanted to tell you how uh, George Lucas stole my childhood. My childhood dreams. All right. Uh, originally, you know, you watch the first three Star Wars, and you feel if you try hard enough, you could be a Jedi. You could use the Force. And then when it came out with the Phantom Menace, basically he said, no, no, buddy, you can't use the Force. you got to have a certain metachlorine count. you got to be special, chosen, in order to do the Force. Which pissed me off. But then later on in life, he really got me angry when he came out with this $200... Millennium Falcon dollhouse that my kid wanted for Christmas, and he would not stop looking at it. Every time he looked in the sale ads, he's like, I want this for Christmas. And how do I tell a kid that's five years old, saying those and bring sense of presents? You know, I wound up having to rip the ad out of the sale ad every week so that my kid wouldn't get a hold of it. Well, I guess your kid's learning, right? <laughs> Be born into a better family. Uh, <laughs> first of all, you're acting like you really want to use the force? You really no, thought that you could? Kid, you feel like you could. You know, when you're Well, you could movie, still you sit there and the fucking, if, if you want to. You, you're saying um, he took my fantasies, but then you're acting like the only fantasies you can come up with is the ones somebody fucking created for you. Like, you can't, you, you can't use your mind yourself. You need someone else to sit here and go, here's a fantasy life. <laughs> I remember um, I took a wiffle ball bat and spray painted it green. And then took duct tape, electrical duct tape, and make my own lightsaber. Exactly. There's first of all, if you really have any, if a kid has a sense of imagination, he just starts jumping around with nothing, making <laughs> noises. Yeah, I wasn't about to get the uh, shitty one. Plus, the the the, bad, the other ones break. I wanted to hit stuff with my lightsaber. Uh, Andy, Cleveland, you're on run of Fez. Andy in Cleveland. Uh, yeah. A lot of people forget that the 
the whole people want to bitch about him being the evil merchandising mega mega maniac, whatever. They forget that that was a studio fuck up. That the studio thought the movie was going to be a bomb, and they gave him everything lock, stock, and barrel because they thought that the metal yeah, well, nobody was selling toys and fucking sheets and all that shit off of movies back in those days, so. You know, he kind of invented that fucking gimmick. But, you know, then, of course, there's people angry with him because that's what Hollywood does now. You know what I mean? Like, they just remake fucking TV shows and comic books and mm -hmm. other movies. But the fact is, that shit wouldn't happen if the fucking people didn't show up. If you really hate it so much, right. instead of being furious with the guy, just fucking go and do something else. That's all. And people have to fucking turn back. Uh, Adam in Boston, you're on the Renafest show. Hey, Ron, I, you know, you can't turn your back on an actor if he puts out a piece of, piece of crap. I mean, look at Vinny Chase. If we turned our back on him after Medellin, we, we never would have had to be gasping. I just think somewhere in there, Medellin is still a, a good film. I really do. And I just, I wish they would just put in back the other cut that they had. Because I think there is a good film there somewhere. Uh, we brought up the Avatar thing. It's now the number one movie um, in America as well as the world. James Cameron is the George Lucas that you guys always wanted. In somebody's fantasy life, George Lucas made the films that James Cameron, and then you'd all love him. <laughs> Why don't you just become a big James Cameron fan, Fez, and follow him everywhere? Well, I just wasn't that big of a fan of Avatar, where I felt, you know, so I'm emotionally connected to the story. Honest answer. Uh... Hicks, do you care about any of this stuff? I love uh, I, I love James Cameron, but George Lucas is an asshole. I like they, they're okay the, the first Star Wars, but right. I wasn't like fucking outraged, destroying my childhood because I you made three shitty sequels. These people are fucking out of their mind. That trailer, they're really seriously deluded and crazy. Yeah, they are nuts. Got to play a little more of the trailer for these people. To me and to many other people, that Star Wars was a bit of a curse. He had a pile of scripts that he would show me, would never let me read them. He would say, these are the movies I'm going to make. None of those movies have been made. There's a lot of pressure on George Lucas to make these because it's, they're business ventures. Star Wars is my story, just like my house is, you know, my house. So if I want to paint my house green, even if everyone else thinks it should be red, guess what? I'm going to paint it Jar Jar. People hate Jar Jar Binks. They hate him now. People are going to be looking at these films in 50 years, in 100 years. They're going to hate him too. When we're in retirement homes, arguing about things, we'll be having a conversation about what went wrong with the Phantom Menace. If he no. wants to fix something, go back and redo Howard the Duck. I saw Judge Lucas not give him a big hug. It's like that kid. I hate even saying things like I just said because it sounds like I'm being mean to Lucas, and I love him. Cut the man some slack. His people, man. That's George. That's George. I don't think he's raped anyone's childhood. Frankly, that's a little overdramatic, isn't it? Mr. Lucas, sir, we the fans, the true fans of your franchise, salute you. People are totally insane. True fans are assholes. Well, I'm a true fan. I think that you, what you probably want in life is not having any fans. <laughs> Just have people go, yeah, I can take them or leave them. <laughs> and I'm fucking totally serious about that. When you see, like, uh, 
I'm trying to think of, it's got to be like a real pop star that they just start to be wicked to. Madonna is a good fucking example of how furious people get with her. And you're like, but she never was great. Yeah. She never was. Never a good singer. Fucking great. Never a great dancer. Never, you know, not a great actress. Just, you know, was really able to get out there. She was just Madonna. You were the fucking people that turned it into this thing. The same could be said of Star Wars. If you even look back at the other ones, it's good stuff. Is it fucking great? You know, he made some advances. But again, compare that fucking film to Wizard of Oz. It's not even close. And who, and who made the great leap ahead? Mm -hmm. uh, it's not even fucking close. Most of those things that people are like, oh my God, it was so gorgeous what he did with those models. Kubrick had done years before. And fucking Lucas knew it. You know, he, he doesn't have any problem saying that, you right. know? But these are people who, for some reason, because it was the first time they saw it, they thought it was fucking invented there. Like, oh, he came up with it. <laughs> no one has ever done that before. Um, here is, uh, let's go over here to Tom. Tom, you're on Fess. Yeah, fuck you, Ron. I hate George Lucas. I'm strong, confident Fez Watley. Is that right, Fez? I hate George Lucas, but I thought... You really do hate him. I, I, I just thought, wasted opportunity. How could you hate somebody when you saw the movie that you hate eight fucking times? <laughs> Who does that make the fucking... And this makes me think that one day, he's going to hate Batman. <laughs> if it... Because the next maybe Batman just, is not going to be as good. And maybe not just Batman. Maybe uh, his own, you know, mother or something. Oh, going back to the mother thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that... Other than the beard, my mother and George Lucas have nothing in common. Well, they, birth, they both gave birth to fucking Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> so that's sad. Maybe like an artist, like if you're in a band, maybe just every time you put out an album, change the name of your band. Might be a good idea. You know, just fucking start fresh. And George Lucas, call himself Tim Lucas, Fred Lucas. We'll figure uh, it I'm out. I'm trying to think if anyone did this. Stevie Winwood would always just like, yeah, this is a new band. And uh, Blind Faith. Eric Clapton had a shitload of bands. Yeah, Steve with, Grohl. With Stevie Winwood. Uh, yeah. Dave Grohl does it all the time. Dave Grohl definitely and does it. Let's face it. Dave Grohl has a better life now probably than when he was with in the fucking gigantic band Nirvana. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? He probably enjoys life a lot more than without a bunch of fucking idiots fucking screaming out shit like, what are you doing? What the hell just happened? That's not exactly the same right. as what I remember. Um, Brandon, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey. Uh, I was just wondering if you guys knew about these folks that are killing themselves after seeing Avatar because uh, they wanted to live in the fantasy world. Mm. Um, I've heard that, but I think now this has become an urban myth. I know there's some people who say they want to live in the fucking fantasy world, but I didn't hear that they killed themselves. Yeah, no, I think there are about 12 or 13 people nationwide now. <laughs> Love suicide notes. Yeah, you're fucking. You need to go to Snopes. You're just living in your fucking dream world. <laughs> All right. Apparently, there's a new video up of of from Opie's eye, and I want to take a look at it. But I want to take a look at it uh, live. And this is, of course, yesterday, Fez. As you look there, we have an empty vase, or for you English people, we have an empty vase, <laughs> where they used to set a beautiful, beautiful rose. Um. 
and the bearded joker made a gigantic attack. Let's first of all play the bearded joker video from, um, and this is up on 202 Friends. I recommend that you go see it and see it immediately because it's a visual piece. But the bearded joker here in our studio. Hi, it's your old nemesis, the bearded joker here, to say hello. You didn't want anyone touching your precious flower, did you, Hopi? Well, it's too late for that. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Opie. When is a flower not a flower? When it's been fucked in the ass, and you've been fucked in the ass yet again by the bearded joker. You like that, Opie, huh? I didn't know we had stairs in that corner, but apparently you can go down to the 35th floor from there. Now, if you go over to Opie Radio, Opie Radio on Twitter, uh, Opie's looking into the bottom of this, and it's really becoming a Maltese Falcon type deal. What's up? Are you the bearded Listen, joker? I am not the bearded joker, and bearded I, joker? I don't want to be touched by someone with swine flu. Are you the bearded I joker? I am not. Kenny, not, can you take care of this? I don't know what you're talking Kenny, about. Kenny, take care of this. I am not. Kenny. I am not. Give him has the swine Kenny, go old school. Go old school. Where is it? Go old school. I don't know where it is. Where go old is school. <laughs> Listen, are you I the bearded joker? I don't know who you're talking about, sir. Are you okay. the bearded joker? Look I me don't in the know. eye and I don't say. know. Look me in the I eye. I am looking at you in the eye. Look me I'm in looking the you eye in the eye. I'm looking you in the eye. We're in the eye. What are we doing? A YouTube thing? Look me in the eye. Leave me alone! That flower better be back in that <laughs> vase. Vase? Vase. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about. There's ruffians about. There's clearly thieves in here. <sighs> Opie, this is going to get us nowhere. <laughs> Opie. Spread your legs. Opie. No, Opie. Turn to me and spread your legs. I don't spread my legs for nobody. Turn... Turn no, to me and spread No, your I legs. don't spread legs. I am not a leg spreader. <laughs> this is so uncomfortable. Why so serious? <laughs> Why so serious? Why so serious? We take Why so serious? Why so serious? <laughs> We're literally running through the hole. I'm gonna ruin you. <laughs> All right, that was incredibly homoerotic. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, I don't know what these accusations were about. Well, I'm just trying to set up for the fucking. You know. I I don't I don't see it either because I've looked at both of these videos, and the uh, bearded Joker has a red beard and Dave doesn't, and then the bearded Joker has the same shirt that Dave is wearing now, and Dave doesn't. Exactly. So. Okay. Where's this jump? I like the fact that Ant's only half into it at best. Where's that rose? Get the rose back. <laughs> 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 it 
Meanwhile, we're running through <laughs> That's embarrassing. the office. If you were to knock someone over from yeah. maybe the Catholic Channel, classic. <laughs> yeah, the Bearded Jokers let me down. Uh, I used to love him so much in my youth, and now it just seems the same bits, redone, destroyed. Uh, Opie Radio, to see fucking Dave run like a little fucking baby down the hall. I just want to see if I could lose him. OP Radio on Twitter. I can't believe that he decided to run with you. <laughs> that was the weird part. <laughs> Multi-millionaire chasing me with a flip cam. Well, you've got a lot of money yourself, right? No, not really. None. No, zero. Mm -mm. Um, Sad. Got some liar tickets, though. Oh, what fuck. kind of tickets? Mega Mills uh, tomorrow. Oh, let's do this. Let's fucking hit, would you? I'm going to Come hit. on, Hurley. Don't worry. Make it happen. It's going to happen. Did you pick the right numbers this time? I always do two quick picks and then one with my numbers. I saw his numbers. He had a B and a square in there. And I'm like, you're never going to fucking win with these numbers. Those are my numbers. You can't pull a B. I am what I am. Mm. This Blackberry app is There's terrific. a little Danica Patrick. Uh, I guess she can't drive worse shit, but she's, there's something really adorable about her. She's won one race. And I think she was on Idol, wasn't she? Did she finish second one year? All right, we got to take a break here. Um, when we get back, Fez is going to tell us why he now hates the jungle gym. His childhood has been destroyed. It's a run Fez show. I don't care that you really were some pansy. Your own flesh and blood. And, no, you made me proud. My son's a homosexual, and I love him. I love my dead gay son. Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, yesterday, Dave and I were having a lot of fun uh, trying to come up on uh, what we thought The Who would be playing. But I get home last night, about a million emails telling me The Who's set list because the NFL has released it. They've released the set list to people. So you know what you will be getting in the halftime show. What a pain in the ass. Why does everything have to be ruined? If you sign online, the first thing you see is, hey, look at these commercials that are going to be playing during the Super Bowl. But you, you would have to blame, in this case, I think, the people who make the commercials. They don't see it as a surprise. They see it as getting their name out there and getting the jump on the other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh -huh. It's not like you can blame the web. Uh, it's the same way that I get mad about the trailers giving away the movie. It's really the the fault of the studios because they don't have the belief that people enjoy being surprised anymore. You would think, though, that it's like, wow, we are really going to get them Super Bowl Sunday and then get the accolades afterwards where it's like, you know what? That Doritos commercial knocked me off my chair, number one on the ad meter. I wish Pete Townsend would just have said, I'll play whatever I feel like playing that day. That would have been the cool thing. Who knows? Maybe I'll do slit skirts. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. Squeeze box. Squeeze box. Mama's got maybe their most embarrassing song. This would yeah. this would be fun. What if you didn't even know who the the halftime show was until halftime? I I got one even better for you, and this would be really fun. 
You don't even know who the teams are until they come running out of the tunnel. Nobody knows who the Super Bowl is. And they don't tell you where they're playing it. Just boom. It's in the stadium. And then if you happen to live in that town, you can go running over there and buy tickets. I think a halftime surprise would be fantastic. Wait a minute. I got another one. Instead of using a football, you use a rabbit. All right. Well, Peyton Manning's a good quarterback. But let's see if he can chuck a rabbit. 45 yards. Nice spiral on that bunny. Is Garcon ready to catch that thing and run with it? And then when you fumble, you might never get the ball back because that rabbit is fucking quick. You got to have to have more rabbits than footballs. And then maybe, like, they don't even let the teams know. Around the third quarter, they just start to fill the stadium in with water. And you got to start being able to play underwater. But it goes too far. They yeah, take it does. A, it goes too far. They take all the fun out of it. But, like, we... it's This is what I try to say. We have to take some responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. We have to say, we let a trailer ruin a movie for us and then still go to the movie. You know? Now we should start doing this. We're not going to watch fucking halftime. We're not going to have any part of your halftime until you go back to making it fun again. And we're not going to watch any of your stupid commercials. And again, the reason why it got so out of hand is that we all start to enjoy the USA Today uh, ad meter. The only day of the year to buy USA Today is to find out what ad they thought won. I usually line up against them. I usually, their number one and my number one usually mm. aren't anywhere close to each other. That's odd. That's odd, because that's not like you. You're normally normal Joe. So you're uh, angry over this who thing or the commercial thing. What makes you angriest? All of it. All <laughs> Everything that doesn't have to be given away, that's mm. being just thrown out there. And the fact... So you weren't peeking at Christmas. You weren't one of those kids. You mm. like Christmas to come on its own. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I mean... I'm the I, same way. I would get excited, of course. Right. But, but that was part of the excitement that you didn't know. And your little mind would be wandering like, oh, what am I going to get? I was even one of those kids where it's like, do you want to open one early? And I said, no, I don't want to have one less on Christmas. I remember one Christmas, I think I was about 11, I told my parents, I got up in the morning, all the presents were in the tree, and I told my parents I had to go see somebody. Who would you have to go see? A guy I had to drop a bag off to. Let's just call it a fucking bag, and if I didn't, maybe something bad would have happened. So I go like this. Guess what? You're going to have to push back your Santa Claus a little bit so your fucking son doesn't get his fucking ankles broken by a, by a goddamn certifiable maniac. And my dad says to complain. I go, if you would have gave me money two weeks ago, maybe fucking fronted me, maybe believed in me that I had a little hustle, none of this would have went down. What was in the bag? Eh. Let's say it was a watch attached to a fucking hand. Period. Let's not make a big deal out of it. It's too bad that some people just couldn't take Christmas Day off. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, Fezzy? You can't sit around and worry about that kind of shit. There's... What are you mumbling over there? Uh, booking guys hand me a note saying that uh, we could get Aubrey Plaza from uh, Parks and Recreation. And funny people. Great. I love her. When, when can we get her? Pretty much right now. Right this second? <laughs> yeah, it's a last-minute booking, literally. She is the intern on Parks and Recreation? Yep. Adorable. Oh, yeah. And she was Jason Schwartzman's girlfriend in uh, Funny People. Whose girlfriend? Jason Schwartzman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's getting to do a lot of really great stuff.
Yeah, I'd love to have her come in. Whenever she wants. I love this show, too. You watch the show? Yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty great. I mean, it's a good, it's a great spinoff or whatever you want to call it from the office. It's really not even a spinoff. They just use the same camera techniques, and I guess they got the same producers, but I'm not sure about that. Do you know, Dave? Yeah, it was uh, the same. Um, a couple of the same writers. Hmm, well, I don't know if that's technically a spinoff. I'd say no. I'd say it's definitely not. Well, the writers. Hey, do you know that they're uh, they dropped Giant Stadium today? Knocked it down. No, I yeah, wasn't I saw it aware of that. Oh, my God. Strahan was on Regis today. Holy mackerel. They knocked it down, and apparently there were a lot of people still in there. No. No, I made that up. Oh, okay. That, that would have been, been a huge... Because since you didn't hear, maybe the cleaning staff didn't know either. <laughs> so she wants to come in now? Oh, yeah, but I'm uh, just going over plug information. She'll be in a second. Yeah. What's the plug? Truth on TV. <laughs> Find it on your television. <laughs> Love that NBC Thursday Night lineup. in the studio with us and she hears the song and thinks she's late for work yeah hello how are you nice to see you good nice to see you you are nice I would, to hear you i would go this far to say that you're the new it girl i would go that oh, far thank you because you've got the television show working out for you and then all these movies one after another oh thanks yeah i can't even keep track as well mm -hmm. as uh the internet you're yes. very, very big on the internet. Yes, the internet. That's something that I've conquered, or <laughs> I'm trying to, every you're, day. You're trying to conquer the internet. Yeah. Uh, the great thing about the uh, show, Parks and Recreation, is, is it considered a real hit now? Is it a solid hit? Yeah, I think it was considered a hit before it even started airing. Yeah. Um, from everyone, I think. Because, you know, you got the, the sweet time slot there on Thursday yeah. nights, and of course... Yeah, and you can't go wrong with Greg Daniels, who uh -huh. created The American Office, and um, and, you, and Amy Poehler, who is... We all loved Amy Poehler. Amazing. Yeah, we've all loved Amy Poehler for a year, but then she gets the show, and you're like, okay, I'm trying to get into it. But now we're at the point where all the other characters have fleshed out, and yeah. everybody's got their own storyline. And now as an audience, we trust everyone. We're like, okay, now yeah. we trust. Yeah, I think it takes some time, you know, when you watch a show like that to get to know all the characters. Yeah. And, and after a bunch of episodes go by and you feel like you know them, then it's like really fun to watch them all play with each other. I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah, because when you first watch the first couple episodes, you're like, wait, where's Amy? If she's not on television every second, you lose a <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're suddenly panicking. Yeah. I panic whenever I don't see her. <laughs> but you show up to work one day and she's not there, and you're like, if Is she this wasn't over? there at work and I showed up, I would run so fast in the other direction. So it seems like, from our point of view, your career just exploded. Oh, everything you know. You're a young person, and all these good things happened for you. Yeah, it's um really crazy. It all happened at once too. Like in one week, I had um 
three callbacks for things, and I got all three of them. I don't know what happened that week. The exact opposite. What I was yeah, well, the exact opposite of what everyone told you when you went into show business about how yeah. awful the rejection. Yeah. Have you have you dealt with any rejection yet? Oh, I get rejected um, every day of my life, um, just through like personal interactions. Just, just, um, just human beings rejecting you. Me. Yeah. Um, when it comes to TV and film, um, that's where I find true acceptance. But <laughs> in my day to day life, I'm rejected constantly. So you have a tougher time going to the Seven Eleven than you do. Oh, definitely. Getting a yeah. film. Now you're doing a film uh, next year that there's already buzz on because it's it's Edgar Wright. So again. Yeah. Another really uh, brilliant filmmaker yeah. uh, who's working outside of what everybody else is doing. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's really special. Um, he's got like his own style, and he's got a huge fan base. Um, I love his other movies, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. They're like brilliant. two of my favorite movies. Yeah. So um, getting to work with him was pretty amazing. Well, you yeah. know what's really weird from a comedic point of view? It's like the directing is the timing there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the way he moves the camera. And I still can't even quite figure it out. When I'm watching, I'm like, why exactly is visually this so funny? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and it was really, it was a it was a learning process for me to to work with him. It was so different from working with Judd Apatow because yeah. um, with Judd, like the camera w was like rolling all the time, you know? And yeah. It was really kind of lo more loose, I guess. But with Edgar, it's so timed out and you kind of just place your trust in him that he he has a vision and um and he knows like the timing is it's all about the timing with him so learning how to like fit my sense of like comedy and my style mm -hmm. into his was um something that was like a little bit of a challenge but a good challenge it was really fun and um hopefully it so Abadal lets it run, and so you can kind of tell in the room, all right, that take was funny, everybody was on there. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, you know, it's scripted, so yeah. we're doing the scene, but but um, it feels a little looser, and like he almost becomes part of the scene, like he's almost like the third person in the scene, because he's constantly like shouting things, like off camera, he'll be like, hey, like, say that again, or try this, or like, and it's, you get used to him being in the scene, so it's, it's kind of a different way to work, I guess. But with Edgar, it was it was really precise and and different. So. And then suddenly, like the, the camera's moving all over the place and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. The um, yeah, the cinematography in Scott Pilgrim is, I think, like nothing you've ever seen before. Bill Pope mm. was the cinematographer, and he did The Matrix and Team America. So he's like a genius. And um, they came up with like a visual style that's like half comic book half like action i don't even know what so it's I, yeah i'm yeah. just gonna trust that it's gonna be good after seeing the other stuff yeah i i when i remember when shine of the dead came out i tried to explain it to friends and this is like just fine just say it trust me that it's not as nutty as i'm making yeah. it sound you'll you'll jump into that world yeah uh and you had to do that with funny people you started to do stand-up yeah, that's right. Um, I never, I did um, improv comedy in yeah. New York um, at that Bright Citizens Brigade Theater, but I never did stand up before before the movie. The first time I ever did stand up, I think, was when I taped myself to um, for the audition to show to send to Judd to get the part. Um, and, and then he went around with the crew, just watching you do. Yeah, stand up. Yeah, every mics. night he he had Jonah and Seth. And Adam Sandler and I and a couple other comedians do shows to, um, you know, do research for our roles. And he taped everything. So there's a lot of footage of me bombing on 
countless stages. <laughs> well, you would have to because you hadn't done it before. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, th you know, everybody who starts stand-up, it's the worst thing in the world because it's like learning to drive. It's the same. But if you were learning to drive a bus filled with people who were, you know, screaming at mm -hmm. you that you're going the wrong way. Yeah, definitely. The third time I ever did stand-up, I um, followed Adam Sandler. It's ridiculous. Um, at the Comedy and Magic Club in Hermosa Beach, which was full of, like, paying adults. And um, I thought I was just going to die on stage. <laughs> you would have had to, because <laughs> even a seasoned comic is going to follow, a, you know, a guy like him who's just, like, the fact that he would just show up unannounced yeah. at a place is going to drive everybody crazy. Yeah, and it then, did. They, he got a 20-minute standing ovation before <laughs> he even opened his mouth. And I was backstage crying. <laughs> sure. And now <laughs> you're going to go from this comedy superstar to here's a young lady you've never seen before. Yeah, yeah basically. I think that's actually how they announced it. Here's <laughs> here's a young lady you've never seen before. But I guess he wanted you to die a little bit. He wanted you to know what that pain was like. Yeah. Well, before I went on, he um he like came up to me. He was like, "You're gonna go on after me?" And I was like, <laughs> "Uh huh, I think so." And he was like, "You're gonna die." He told me I was gonna die, and uh, he's right. So how long uh, you you were in New York for a while, right? You came from where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, oh, and then Christiana I came, Mall or Concord Mall. Which uh, one? Well, it depends on what I want, but mm -hmm. Concord Mall was closer, but mm -hmm. um, Christiana had more to offer. All right. Socially, also. <laughs> sure. Wait a minute. How do you know about this? I know all. I know. I know that area. I know Dan that very very. Dan Murphy's where, from uh, Delaware. Uh, what part of Delaware? My friend. Wilmington, yeah. So today. sometimes when you get real crazy, take a drive over Claymont, and then if you're up to it, uh oh, into Chichester as quick as you can to see what happens. You will never get me to go to Claymont. Claymont's the other way. Was yeah. always a nice saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, then you come to New York. You start to work improv, and then everything starts to take off for you. Yeah, I went to NYU for college. Um, I went to class sometimes, and but most times I was just doing my own thing. I had a lot of internships. I interned at SNL. What um, years? 2004-2005 season. Oh, all right. Um, so, yeah. uh, and at that point, of course, in the back of your mind, you're like, this is where I'd like to be on this thing? Yeah, that's kind of my dream, to be on SNL. No, did they pay attention to you when you were an intern? Was everybody saying, hey, this kid's funny? No, I mean, I wasn't really, like, funny when I was interning. I kind of was like a fly on the wall. Mm -hmm. Um just absorbing everything, you know, like, um, I don't know if the tactic of, like, going in there and right. juggling in front of Lorne Michaels would work. But. Because Lorne isn't a, a laugh-out-loud kind of guy, even with the funniest people alive. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a pretty tough crowd. Have you gone back and seen him since uh, this has happened and said, how was your intern? No, no, <laughs> I haven't, but I, I don't, you know, I don't think he would remember me or anything but i did audition for him he will take credit but, though um, that's the beauty of it he will say yes oh, well, so yeah. many people have come out of this show oh right right yeah yeah well that'd be cool i didn't i'd i'd let him take credit for me so you love doing a tv show is it a lot of fun being yeah, on that cast yeah. it's a dream come true yeah. i mean literally like amy poehler was like my comedy hero sure when i was in high school and just i've never even been on a TV show before, so there's not a weak link on that show. I, I've watched it every week coming through, and everybody on the show is really, really. Really, strong. I think Aziz needs to work on As, Aziz. Things. He's blowing up, right? Yeah, his career is just yeah. absolutely blowing up. Yeah, he's. 
blowing up. His and, head's blowing up. Yeah, I can see Such that. Such a pretentious uh, but, a-hole. But why don't you just let him know this? I remember when that happened for Pauly Shore, when Pauly Shore was doing all this yeah. stuff. So, I've told him that, that I yeah. think you're the next Pauly Shore. <laughs> it's going in that, it could happen that way, because when you get too much in the moment, yeah. and you're just like, hey, he knows all this slang five minutes before everyone else, Yeah. that guy becomes Pauly Shore. Yeah. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna warn him every morning when we're in the hair and makeup trailer. He's playing in New York this weekend. Yeah, uh, I'm actually gonna do a show with him um, tomorrow night. At tomorrow the night at 10:30. All right. The show, of course, is uh, Parks and Recreation. And then also, you've got the new mo movie coming out with Edgar Wright, and the name of that is... Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Who else is in that with you? Uh, starring Michael Sarah and uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Brandon Routh, Chris Evans... Karen Culkin, Johnny Simmons, Allison Pill. And you're off tonight to go to go do Jimmy Fallon? Yep, that's right. You're the it girl. Thank you. You're the comedy it girl. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Yeah, Thanks so much for coming in. Turned down in the room, so we went to spots, or we're back on. No, we're back on. He had everything in the room turned down, and I was just talking to a young lady about Rehoboth. We're going down to Rehoboth, man. You're in the Hampshire. I can't go down to Ocean City, though. Can't go. All right, uh, what a sweet girl, huh? Oh, she's awesome. Really nice. Uh, you know what always kills me is somebody that um, uh, funny people just like her. This fucking Edgar Wright is a genius. And, of course, Apatow is Apatow. And, like, Amy Poehler is like, oh, she's so cute. Let her come on our show. She's probably, I consider her the Pepper Hicks of television right now. Oh, she's a great buddy, then. Yeah, she is a, bu a buddy. And you are the it buddy. If things are happening right now in your life, you're the it buddy. What'd you get there, Fezzy? This is a Parks and Recreation t-shirt. Oh. City of Pawnee, Indiana. And it's now signed by Miss Aubrey Plaza. Oh, very nice. We can throw that in for the uh, 202 Friends Twitter, the big Super Bowl party. Uh, by the way, what a sweet girl. Absolutely adorable. You know what I thought to myself, Fez? If you were to have a daughter, it would be her. It would be Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> I would be so proud to have Aubrey Plaza as my daughter. You know, uh, down in, in uh, Delaware, and it's in between Newark. They don't say Newark there. They say Newark and Wilmington uh, is a little shopping center. It's called the Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. That is nice. No, we're, no that, that was always there. Oh, a coincidence. 
Hardly. All right, 866 Ron Zero Fez. He never knows where I'm going with that. <laughs> Fez just looks at me like this. <laughs> I imagine the entire world, Fezzy, looks to you like Avatar. Just You're just <laughs> seeing Avatar stuff uh, happen back and forth. Davey Mack, what's on your uh, mind today? What's going on in, in Dave's world? Um, what's going on is I saw this on the uh, old internet, ironically, that says that blogging is slowly becoming the domain of adults, um, showing more teens are going to social networks, blogging. Well, who would blog? Uh, do you school. even know anybody who blogs? I mean, there's still, you know, you still have people who, like, politically blog. You still have a lot of sports bloggers. Right, but you don't want to read a regular person blogging. You want to treat a blog like it's a magazine, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, but, like you have a column. And, and But even those people who have blogging columns, like actual ESPN writers and stuff, no one's going to them anymore. People just are sick of the blog. The blog is very out. Well, if you're like you know uh, under forty or so, you're 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 done with the blog. Yeah, I don't know if I was ever into the blog. I can't think of a blog that I liked. Well, didn't Kathleen have a have a blog at some point? No, she always had a Twitter page. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, right. She had Twitter. She tweets. Yeah, and then tweets and tweets. <laughs> But then combined with that, they said that if you spend a, t a lot of time on sex sites and gaming communities, uh, you will more apt to be depressed. Well, you are depressed, but normally just about your weight. There's no other reason for it. <laughs> when you catch a reflection in the monitor screen, it's just not pretty. Um, I, I don't think it's any surprise that people who spend a lot of time uh, enjoying their porn aren't happy with the rest of their life. <laughs> You know, because I, I, you're living an imaginary sex yeah. life at that point. See, I don't see the correlation because you're you're enjoying yourself. You're not going to go to a porn site and not have a good time. I don't know if, if anybody would call it having a good time. Normally, you're getting rid of that nuisance patch. Yeah, no. But you're not you're right. really experiencing a real life. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, some of anything. But when you read about these guys and they're like, I'm at a porn site six, seven hours a day, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and you're wondering why you can't find a nice girl? You're fucking sitting there watching people beating their dicks on women's heads for six hours a day. Did you see the the thing? I think this was in like Australia or yeah. England. The guy that uh, was on the uh, news, he's in the news at the time. And uh, while he's there... The guy behind him starts surfing porn, <laughs> and you see tits and ass pop up, and this is obviously some kind of financial office. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let me take a look at it. Yes, I know she had a blog. Uh, certainly at this stage, we are estimating that uh, by the end of this year, we'll be back towards 4.75%. So we still think there's a bit of upside on those cash rates. Okay, here it comes. Stage, Watch over his left shoulder. His right shoulder. Of the last three rate rises that it's put in place late last year. And sometimes this takes up to... Uh, you know, six <laughs> Just why does he need to see tits and fucking pussy? <laughs> he turns around knowing that he's fired. <laughs> and no one's even more disgusting. He was talking to like his... Like a co-worker. Right. He was talking like to his boss or something. And while he's doing it, he's just looking at, oh, yeah, I know. I'm going to get those reports. There's some cunt right there. Join some. Oh, look at her little pussy lips. Right um, in the middle of a giant open office. Because here's the thing about pornography, and I think you can agree with this. You are normally frustrated that it's not quite good enough. You just feel yeah. like they did not 
turn the corner for you. And I think a sense of frustration stays there. Like, she didn't do exactly what I wanted. And you end up acting like Jack Nicholson in fucking carnal knowledge. You're just <laughs> out of your fucking brains at that point. I agree with that, because, like, if I go, like, I stole uh, some like four or five uh, porn discs recently from the ONA office, and I would sit there on the fast-forward button going from scene to scene, then I would get up, Take a disc out, put the other one. Maybe this one's going to be better. Right. You're looking for that perfect scene perfect. for you. And yeah. Uh, and obviously, you're cut off from the world. You're cut off from the world. How much porn, and I want you to be honest, not a fucking liar, Dave. How much porn a day are you watching? Mm, I would say at least, like, in, you know, just an hour. Well, uh, I do look at uh, porn at work, so I would say, like, an hour and a half. All right. So you get up in the morning, do you look at any porn? Um, I have some porn on my phone. Hicks, do you look at porn in the morning? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, on the I bus don't... ride. That's why I have a lot of time to kill. So you get up in the morning, you look at porn, Hicks. Yeah, because I, I like to, before I go to sleep, start downloading some porn because I don't want to wait for it. So when I wake up, it's already downloaded and so, ready for your jack to. So tell me, so you need a morning jack. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes. Now, I think you need a morning jack also. Yes. And I think this is a problem with both of you. You're leaving your work on the floor. <laughs> I think you want to come in to work um, like Raging Bull. You know what I mean? Like, you really want to say to yourself, I need to fucking have that energy for work. So you... I jack so much, though, it's like sneezing. Like, I, 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 I don't get tired until the fifth jack. Same tissues. Honestly. Yeah. Like, on, 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 disgusting. on the weekends, I might jack five times a day easy. Then I, I get tired. You're jacking five times a day on the weekend. Yeah, I would say that's reasonable. What about your relationship? <laughs> My relationship's good. It's just that, you know, I have a sick child and the other child. That's why you're jacking toddler. off because the kids are sick? <laughs> Those well, no. are the reasons not to jack off. I think you get your list mixed up. No, but I mean, they, they take all the attention. They take a lot of attention. Um, when he gets healthier and stuff our very healthy sex relationship will resume. But perhaps it will resume now if you help a little bit with the kids. Instead of sitting in the fucking garage, janking, jacking into an old fucking army coat. <laughs> uh, no nighttime jacking for you, uh, Hicks? Oh, no, nighttime jacking too a few times. Yeah, definitely. So it's Why just not? a constant yeah. porn jack. Yeah, I love porn. Oh, yeah. It's sad, really. Now, would you yeah. say that you both are happy with your sex life the way it is? Um, uh, right now... Maybe not as happy as it, as I could be, but I'm very optimistic that it'll it's get the back. future. Yeah. And then you won't need the porn as much. Um, I would keep the porn, but I wouldn't view it as Let much. Let me ask you this: You ever uh, look at porn in front of your friends at work? Why people yeah, talk I have to you like with, that guy? Um, with Pepper in the office. If Fez is in the office, are you gonna look at porn? No. Have you ever thought to yourself? And I want you to be honest. I wish Fez would leave so I could start looking at some. <laughs> yeah, porn. that's caused my mind. <laughs> Because I, you know, I like to film the porn with my camera so that it's in my phone. Mm -hmm. So now I have like a little, my own little porn video that I've filmed off the computer screen. Have you ever jacked at work? Um, it's possible. There's a single um, stall bathroom on uh, the 37th floor that only has a toilet, and you can lock it. It has a toilet and a shower. Crazily enough, in the middle of you know, cubicles. Take a jack shower? No, but... Uh, uh, Hicks, do you jack at work? Yeah, I've jacked here before. And uh, at 57th Street. Same same uh, place that Dave goes for jacking? Yes. See, uh, I let don't... me just point this out to Fez, because I don't go up to 37th floor. Right. Stay out of the cum-stained 
single bathroom. Yeah, I'll make sure that I don't walk in there. Don't you, go there. You two fucking animals ever go and jack together at the same time? No. No. Because no. that I, would be sick. If I hear the shower got clogged in there, I'll know what did it. Um, I never do mine on the toilet, though. I put my, my coat down on the floor and then sit on my coat. All right, so you... <laughs> all right, let's get I this. think that's gross, to right. fucking jack on a toilet where there's so, shit, like, two inches from you. I understand. Uh, why don't you flush? Why... <laughs> so you sit on the bathroom floor... Floor. ...on top of your coat mm -hmm. and start jacking. Yes. And I have these headphones, as you see, plugged into my phone, mm -hmm. watching the porn video that I've just done, and it, it'll take me three or four minutes, and when I come out, I'm, I must look like the guiltiest <laughs> person in the world. And everyone seems, in my imagination, that they're, like, staring at me with big eyeballs. Maybe they are. Well, you just live in a fucking place of shame right now. Yeah. And your coat's dirty. Uh, Very Hicks. dirty. You put your coat down and jack on the floor, too? <laughs> no, I, I stand up and jerk off into the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. Yeah, you're too disgusting fuck. <laughs> yeah, and I always, sometimes I'll shoot the porn, and then Pepper will start laughing, and I'll say, you just ruined the take, because now his <laughs> chuckle will be on my spank tape on my phone. And that'll ruin it for me. Sure. That one little thing just takes you off Once completely. I hear a fucking Chris Stanley chuckle, it takes all the fucking hotness out of the porn scene. Um, let's go over to uh, Anthony in Jersey. You're on my face. Yeah. Ronnie, do these guys realize that the bosses listen to the show and are going to find out they're jacking in their nice, beautiful building prove at it. Rockefeller Center? Uh, I said it's possible. <laughs> um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Hicks, how much porn do you think you're watching a day? Um, I think the search for porn takes up more time, actually, than actually getting to finding and watching it. So combined, three, two, uh, two hours. Two hours. Two hours a day, and that might be an hour searching, an hour watching. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, is there a particular brand of porn that you need for yourself? Is there a certain act? Oh, amateur! It's amateur, like real can't amateur pros. pros. Yeah, can't. That, I'll I'll jack the pros, but real amateur porn is what I fucking. That's a search. Well, yeah, for. it always is a disappointment when you know the lawyer in a porn film has just this big shoulder and back tat <laughs> that's fucking taking up everything. You're like, you're not a fucking lawyer. Just because you have on glasses doesn't make you a professional, lady. Um. Here is uh, Doug. Doug, you're on a fuzz. Hey, guys. Yo, what I like to do so I keep my energy, I like to jerk off halfway and not completely blow my load so I still have my legs. Yeah, you got to have your legs. Just pour some ice water on your dick. Pour some ice water. Uh, Hazel, you're on the Run of Fez show. What did you say? Hazel Dazzle? Hazel Dazzle. Sure, I'm sorry. I didn't use your whole name. Uh, hey, Eastside. Yes. Have you ever jacked in front of your kids, you no. dirty bastard? No, I have never jacked off in front of my children. Have you ever looked Remember at them while they were in the room? No. Oh, my God, no. Absolutely not. Have you ever uh, been looking at porn while you were talking to your mom on the phone? Porn? Yes, that's happened. I, like, I always keep my phone by me at all times, and I've been jerking when my mom called, and I'll press pause on the DVD player and Finish pick up the while phone. you're talking to her. <laughs> no, that's not. That's <laughs> Ask not her it. what she's wearing. Run the DVD with her voice. Oh. Yeah, you guys are pretty fucking pathetic, jacking in the fucking bathrooms here. But I go against that uh, study then, because I'm, I feel like I'm very happy. 
Why are you always crying then after the after fucking show? Oh, all right. I'll, I'm relatively happy. You talk about your life and you break into tears almost every fucking day. Yeah, well, lack of sleep affects you emotionally. You're staring at that fucking thing like the figures are going to change. X, <laughs> uh, overall, would you say you're a happy person? Uh, Despite I, your porn addiction? I don't know. I'm pretty miserable sometimes, but at times I'm happy, yeah. You're the most it's... surly person I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. You're not even happy when you party. That's a good point. You party like fucking Lee Marvin. Yeah, you're very far from a happy person. All right, you're right. I'm miserable, all right? <laughs> I'm just completely 100% fucking miserable. Yeah. That's you it. know what I want to do is get a fucking tire swing for you fucking two. And then let the people come by and throw fruit at you and peanuts. <laughs> it's a fucking zoo in here. Can we get cigarettes, too? No monkey smokes cigarettes, there, man. There's, there's, videos, animal abuse. there's videos of monkey smoking cigarettes on YouTube. You know something, you fucking racist? Let me just say this to you. <laughs> Oh, wait, that is, you're right. Okay, now I do say it. Never mind, forget what I said. I jumped the gun there. I thought I was doing the right thing. <laughs> Fez, could you ever picture yourself jacking at work? No. No, putting Could've my happened. coat on the bathroom floor here and jacking off? Don't I don't think that that's the normal way. All right, I don't think that people jack on their coats. It's, uh, he invented it. I got so much jizz on my sh uh, coat yesterday. Either way, no, I couldn't imagine it. I because I assume. What time yesterday? Six, five. Yeah, make sure I'm out of the building. Yeah, I assume if if I'm in this building, someone's got a camera on me at all times. Really, even if you're in the bathroom? Even if I'm in the bathroom, I just I'm just gonna go ahead and assume there's some sort of corporate watchdog on me. You can't have a ca a, a camera in the bathroom. That's I illegal. hope they're fucking filming me. I'll sue. Yeah. It's because it's You're illegal. always ready, aren't you? Slip and fall. <laughs> You're ready for any fucking excuse. No wrong with that. Um, Madison Avenue guru, Donnie Deutsch, uh, questioned why Man Crunch wants to be in the Super Bowl. Deutsch wondered do homosexuals even watch football? It's hard to argue that it makes sense to reach a very targeted audience of gay males in America by advertising to this mass audience. So uh, he's acting like the man crunch thing couldn't have been true because why would you waste so much money trying to get gays on a football game? Because there are gays that watch football. It's not just a stereotype. You know, it's, you're throwing out a stereotype, Donnie Deutsch, that well, gays don't watch football. What he's saying is, why wouldn't you try to find an all-gay program instead of hitting 95%? You're paying for 95% of the straight people to watch this to catch 5% of the gay people. Right, but it's still a gigantic audience that you're putting out there, and you're launching a business. It's the biggest audience you're going to get any, any yeah, day of the year. Yes, but 95% of the audience isn't going to use your product. I've always wondered about this. I, I wonder about this with the fucking uh, flow commercials. How many fucking guys need a pill to help them with their piss, yet they buy up the fucking NFL season? It seems like a waste of money. Coke, Budweiser, I think you're probably going to look at 90 to 95% of the audience use those products. That makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. It would be like if you, uh, you bought a commercial to sell a yacht. And put it on the Super Bowl. It's insane. I remember one year. Remember the first year we had the dot-coms? It was about 99. And a guy spent, you know, the millions of dollars 
on, it looked like wedding invitations. He had just gotten the money. I'm like, this fucker is going to go bankrupt. Sure enough, with fucking, within six months, he had used up all of his startup cash. Because it just seems insane to buy a spot, even though you might reach a lot of people, you're reaching a lot of people you don't want. But it's a lot of people talking about it the next day after the uh, after the ad runs, you right, know, but, and it's still being talked about amongst people. Yeah, amongst people doesn't do you any good. It does not do you any good to have people talk about a product that aren't going to use it. I don't know if I'm insane there, if anybody's in the advertising business that could explain this to me. But, Fez, I'm saying if you're trying to reach three people, right, mm -hmm. why not find out where those three people are? Why talk to them in an audience of 100 people? It's mm. fucking, and pay for that audience. That's the part I never get about advertising. Why not try to find out, is there a show that is predominantly watched by gay men? Advertise on that show. Project and then, Runway. And then nobody is going to have a fucking beef with your commercial, and it'll be, um... Uh, fine. Uh, Nick. Nick in Wisconsin. You're on a fest. How you doing, guys? Good. Listen, Ronnie, I think the target uh, audience for those pill commercials are more like the doctors and the office managers and I people see. in the medical industry who actually order those pills from the company. All right, so that's making a lot of sense to me. All right, so you try to catch the doctors and you put it in the back of the guy's names. What is the name of these products? So when the doctor recommends it, he's not surprised he's heard of it before. That makes a little more sense to me. And I guess they figure that just everyone is watching. I mean... Right. Everyone is watching is one thing. But why would you want to spend money on people that are never going to use your product? You're not going to start and sell threshers, thresher machines on the fucking Super Bowl. You're going to find out where people who are farmers or work in that industry... Are, and then sell to them directly, get all of them without spending all, all the money for people who are never going to make mm. that purchase. Well, with the Man Crunch commercial, it may be an audience that, you know, Man Crunch doesn't know exactly how much is out there because Man Crunch is an anonymous website. So there may be closeted gays that aren't, you know, that aren't, you know, showing up in surveys. Of what that they're just watching. looking for a man crunch. That they're looking for a man crunch or a hookup. Well, I guess I'm gonna. I'll give you that, that. That you're saying that the audience hasn't even been invented yet. You know that suddenly you're gonna turn people gay. But now this is the same fucking reason that you let the Christian right push you around. You know you can't say that. Oh, this isn't gonna turn straight people gay. But then you're saying, well, people are living a straight lifestyle. They may be turning once they see how easy it is with Man Crunch. Uh, Dave in Virginia, you're on a fez. Hey, man, just saying that Man Crunch makes me ill. Um, they don't care uh, what you're saying. I mean, what you're saying is right. It's uh, defies logic. They just don't care. Once you tell them no, they want to cry about it, and we got to be equal crap and all. It's just, it's just disgusting, man. Well, that's a totally different conversation. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sorry that, you know, you don't think other Americans should be equal to you. Uh, Andrew, New Jersey, you're on Fez. I think they surpass. Hey, Ronnie B. Huh? Uh, remember uh, GoDaddy.com? They got all the heat. I mean, the girl with the big tits and everything. Yeah. Everybody remembers the commercial. Do you know anyone who's ever used it? Yeah, most of the people we know. I feel like oh, Chris really? uses yeah. it all the time. Everybody who's yep. on the Internet has, has used GoDaddy. And to tell you the truth, I don't even know another fucking place that you can go and buy these. 
Neither do I. You know? I've, I've used it myself. Because it's really cheap, right? Yeah. It's only a couple bucks. I think it's only nine ninety nine. And you can take care of the uh, the whole deal there. So, yeah, it's worked out for GoDaddy. As a matter of fact, they're buying, I think, even more commercials this year than what they normally do. Um, here is Blake in Rhode Island. You're on Run Fez. Hey, what's up, buddies? Yeah. I just want to say I worked in an adult video store that rented gay movies, and probably about 10% of the renters were closet gays, you know, gentlemen with uh, wedding rings that are married to women. No one had any clue that they were gay. All right, so maybe Fez is on to something here. This is all news to me. A person like Dave McDonald, who brags about, you know, his porn, may be thinking in the back of his man mind, I got to get some cock for myself. Uh, not me specifically. And I mean, specifically going I thought anonymously you were, on Man Crunch. Right. No, specifically if you. If you're doing a hypothetical with my name included, all right, I'll take that. But no, I'm not. Let me ask you this. Right. Have you ever been chased by another man? Yes, I have. Thank you. That happened this morning. Right. That's up on Opie Radio right now. Look at Opie Radio on the Twitter and tell me that the person being chased doesn't come off as a little gay. Oh. And also, I noticed this, afraid to make eye contact with Opie. Absolutely. And then he was doing this uncomfortable, Opie, uh, Opie. <laughs> well, I was making eye contact with him, but not the camera, I no, think. No, you mm -hmm. weren't. You were looking at your fucking shoes like there was jizz dripping out of your ass. There's nothing wrong with it. Opie's a good-looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just it's man crunch in here um, I'd rather have a fiddle fiddle Mike Cleveland run a fence yo guys hey as hard as it is to believe for guys like us that it's like fire hoses uh, the those those urinary flow commercials are extremely effective and the reason being is, is that there's more guys that have prostate issues and that have urinary flow issues than it, it's worse the number of people that are registering domain names. So those type of products, although we don't really know anybody ourselves, are, are wildly successful. And the target is the guy that's having a flow problem, so he go to his doctor and say... Let me guess. Hey, doctor, I Let yeah. me guess. You work somewhere in the pharmaceutical marketing game. I certainly do. Yeah, because they're the only people who will tell you that somehow the shaky leg syndrome is something that needs to be fucking <laughs> treated all the time. Uh, Anthony in New Jersey, you're on Manifest. Hey, I wanted to comment on that uh, that GoDaddy commercial. One commercial made them the number one registrar in the world. Seven million customers, thirty-five domain names. Uh, thirty-five million domain names. Yeah, it's the oh. only place I know. I don't. I don't even know another one, and it's all from the Super Bowl. Um, here is Eddie. Eddie in St. Louis, you're on Fest. Uh, hey, Ronnie. I think it's great that, you know, like, uh, you know, the commercials that generate a lot of hype, and obviously the corporations think they're great. But uh, can you remember what the most controversial commercial from, say, 2002 was? I mean, it's all bullshit. It's like throwaway the day after it's over. Oh, I, I disagree. I mean, uh, first of all, the, um, I think the Apple commercial, the 1984 commercial, ran during the Super Bowl. Uh, that became one of the biggest of all time. I think the that wasn't controversial though, buddy. I don't yeah, it was gigantically was... controversial, and it ran uh, one time and one time only. Yeah, it never ran again. Never ran again, and people still talk about it. And it's like twenty five uh, years later. Um, some of the controversy. I mean, people do end up talking about these spots. And quite frankly, if they didn't work, why would they be getting three million dollars? If they didn't work, mm -hmm. we would have heard by now. I think it's. There is one of the few days of the year you will sit and watch the fucking commercials because you're like, this costs $3 million. <laughs> and CBS says they're sold out. 
You see this 30 seconds? This is more than a Kevin Smith film right here. Kevin Smith could have made Clerks fucking 50 times right here. There's $1,000 on the line with PennyStockChaser.com. Submit your Penny Stock Chaser jingle at jingle at SiriusXM.com. Jingle at SiriusXM.com. A chance to pick up a cool $1,000 if you get, if your judge have the best jingle. Why don't we do this? When we come back and break, and we'll play some of these and see how the leaders are doing so far. $1,000 on the line. You can win a quick $1,000. Now, you can do this uh, on a guitar, you can do it on a piano, you can do it a cappella. We're looking for the good song. You've got to consider it this way. It's like American Idol, where you're just walking in off the street. Leave it to us to see how to put sure. the whole thing together and make it sharp, all right? Trust our uh, the production in us. We'll uh, take a break, be back to check some of these out, run a fest. I'm going to do a terrific show today, and I'm going to help people because I'm good enough, Smart enough and doggone it, people like me. Yeah, buddies. It's halftime. Call me the keeper. Run a face show. Um, this is the hill. Part of the elderly halftime show that they run every single year. Classic rock. Classically done for you at halftime. With hired children to run out with glow sticks. Act like they care. Davey Mack, here's the story. I wanted to know how you uh, felt about it. Um, the ACDC frontman, Brian Johnson, is taking on Bono and Bob Geldof for their public displays of charity. He says, yeah, I give money too, but I do it quietly, not trying to make a big deal out of myself. Fez, uh, I know this is an, uh, one of the reasons you get angry at Mr. George Clooney. Right, because George Clooney acts like we wouldn't. Clooney. Mr. Clooney wouldn't, th would thinks we wouldn't know to give money to Haiti unless he had arranged a way to do it for us. Right now, out of all the places to raise money, I think he's number one. Number one, and uh, all the charities that he's getting, it's not for even his own personal charities. He gives them out to people that are already there. Like I like to say, boots on the ground. Dave, you got a uh, problem with this? Um, I, I have, um, a big problem with what, uh, Brian Johnson said because... Oh, really? You're mad at Brian Johnson? Because in, in Bono's case, he, it definitely goes over the top. However, he does raise a lot of money and... And a lot of awareness. And, and you can't... And he made red clothes okay. Right. Like, I can buy red clothes thanks to Bono because it helps South Africa. I mean, it, don't blame Bono in, uh, in, the, in the fact that, sadly, people are very influenced by celebrities and will go out of their way to do what celebrities tell them. And the bigger the celebrity are, the more apt, you know, you're going to have literally millions of people doing what you want. Bono's using it for the, right, uh, for the right reasons. So you could argue that Bono is our biggest rock star, George Clooney our biggest movie star. Both of them take responsibility, raise money... Um, 
what is the problem with that? And again, it's it's about knowing who you're seeing. Like, okay, you know if you're going to see a U2 concert, you're going to have Bono speaking about these type of issues. But not even that. Forget that he says he does a U2 concert. Brian Johnson says he turned down the thing to be part of like Live Aid and shit like that years ago because he finds it to be tacky. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Is it tacky or is it responsible? Fez, if you had to just give a a quick view on it, which way would you lean? Tacky. Really? Yeah. I, I, Jerry Lewis, tacky? Uh, if that, I think that gets very tacky. Frank Sinatra, tacky? Tacky. Mm. Pataki? Governor Pataki? So tacky. Well, he's never even been involved in one of these. Still tacky. Oh, Pataki. Uh, Chris, Chris in Long Island, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, first of all, someone needs to sort of stand up and organize some of these events. But I find it odd that Brian Johnson would point out <laughs> that he doesn't make a point of announcing how much he gives to charity. Isn't it kind of like counterproductive what he's doing here? Like, yeah, so he is kind of doing the same thing. He's saying, I do give to charity. But you can look at it two ways. Number one, I've never held it against ACDC going, why aren't they doing more good? I give them the free choice. And say they do what they want to do. Who's to say? Um, but you can't look at somebody like Bono and not believe that he hasn't saved probably millions of lives. I mean, quite frankly, million, no, the people that he saved, still pretty miserable. I mean, it's hot over there. They don't have AC. Sure. But they wouldn't be alive at all at the time. Um, I just think that the people who don't like to give to charities also like to attack people who do to only kind of make them feel better about himself. I don't see what's tacky about what Jerry Lewis did with his life besides the, you know, the comedy that he brought to people. He also did a lot of good. Now, did some bad come out of that? I'm sure. I'm sure there was, and I'm sure some of it was strong-arming. But I'm sure plenty of people have also benefited. Um, here is, uh, Mark. Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to say that when I pay money to go see you 2 and Bono, I don't want him to stand up there on his high horse and talk down to us like that we don't know the charities exist and that he makes us feel like we're less than regular people and it's just not right. The, the thing you is, know? when's the last time you went to a U2 concert? Uh, about two years ago. I would find it hard to believe that anybody who would say they're a fan of Bono's would be surprised that occasionally during his concerts, and he doesn't do it a lot, he'll speak out, and then during benefit things that he does at all. He's been doing these kind of shows for over 30 years. So what, what surprises me, Mark, if you're telling the truth, is... For you to be surprised about it 28 years into it. Yeah, I guess you got it. I mean, you'd have to be a fucking idiot to say, I'm a Bruce Springsteen fan, and I'm going to go there and try to probably think that Bruce Springsteen is just going to be a fucking jukebox. He's never done that. Never uh, since the beginning. Um, here is Derek. Derek, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, guys. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, when fires happened in Toronto here a couple of years back, ACDC had no problem playing the concert to try to bring tourism back to Toronto. 
It wasn't even to raise funds. Yeah, but that was for white people. people. That was for white people, so it's totally different. Yeah. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I just didn't like the way the whole, leading up to that telethon, it kept getting called the George Clooney telethon. Where it, he put it together. He made the phone calls. He raised $56 million. Right. The people that should be getting the credit are the people who donated the $56 million. So you want it to be called the caller's telethon. That's your big beef with it. Your, it seems like your beef is you don't like George Clooney. No, I don't. But that should not get in the way of some of the good things that he does. And again, it's not saying that everything the man does is good. But it's kind of tough for me to have problems with people who are definitely going out and doing some good things. Um, here is our good friend, Hard Rock Johnny. Johnny. Hello, boys. Um, I, you know, I think that it's, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword at times. I mean, I love the, you know, we do a ton of charity work here with celebrities, and we did that auction with Edge a couple years in a row. Where we, I think we raised a combined $4 million for, you know, for, for the Gulf Coast. But at the same time, you know, I don't like when people criticize others for not giving, and people think that just because they're famous that they should give. You know, I mean, there's plenty of philanthropy people out there who give billions of dollars and go unnamed. So they're no worse or no Name better than one. those who are named. Name me one. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, they did go unnamed. It's, it's, you know, like people who build hospitals and, you know, they, they give endowments to colleges. I mean, they may not be named and, and who cares? I mean, as right. long as I mean that it. is definitely their fucking choice. And, you know, Fez having a problem with... You know, George Clooney's name popping up. You can blame that on the people who say, uh, you know, George Clooney called me, so I show up. You know, I I believe in him. He didn't name it the George Clooney fucking telethon. Um, no, that's the media. The media did that. Yeah. Uh, here is uh, Johnny. Johnny and Queen, Jeremy and Fez. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, you know, for the most part, Ron, I tend to agree with you, except... You're a little bit flip-flopping on this one. You know, when artists come out and we don't like their politics or we don't like what they stand for, you're the first one to stand up and say, you know what, you got to appreciate it for the art. But yeah. now when it turns around and, you know, it is his politics in the art, you're like, well, you just got to accept it because that's what no, you're doing. No, 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 no. All right, let's, let's go all the way back through this. I say you only have to accept it if you want to. I say anybody who shows up at a Springsteen show and is surprised about who Bruce Springsteen is is either ignorant or he's just lying for the fucking sake of saying it. Because a lot of times people will act like, well, I liked Bruce Willis until he came out for the war. That's bullshit, too. You know what I mean? Like, that's probably people who were just never with him in the first place or are going to let you know, their politics get in the way about how they feel about anything. But I'm just saying, in the case of that caller, to act like I'm a longtime fan of this thing and this offends me, you would never have been a fan of Bono's for 30 fucking years. He's not saying it offends him. He's saying, you know what, I came to see your artwork. I didn't come here to get preached to. But that is also, with certain artists, that is also part of their artwork. And you're the same. that's acceptable, that that's okay. It's okay for them to do that. But when we turn around and say, you know what, we don't want to support your art, 
because of your attitude about certain things, you're the first one to jer- jump on those people and say, you know what, it's our, you need to separate it. Well, yeah, but the thing is, there, there's a really big difference between I'm not going to be a fan of, let's say, Leonard Skinner, right? Because Skinner does a lot of stuff for the, for the troops. Um, and there's some people that that offends. There's a big difference by saying I'm not going to go to the concerts anymore and I'm going to organize people not to buy those albums. I always have a bigger... Fu- hey, reboot this for me, will you, Dave? I have a bigger problem with the people who think they need to go out and stop Leonard Skinner's fucking message uh, from being held from than, than people who don't want to be a part of that. Um, let's go over to John. John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ryan Fez, uh, yeah. I've been a fan for you two since uh, the early 80s. Um, I followed you two when they were anti-American, um, and I, I, I somewhat what? enjoyed that. Um, but back to the point, um, the one campaign is a business. It's a, it's, a, it's a non-profit business that actually leads to ingredients to make his music even more um, more, more, have more, have more power. I mean, the guy's met Desmond Tutu. He's, he's used so much of his foundation to reach out and actually glorify his music, which has been rather crappy the last two couple albums. Um, all right, I, I'll, I'll give you that you can make a critical call for that, but I honestly don't think, and you're going to hear it from some of the people, that it will always benefit you to take any stand, whether you want to be anti-war or pro-war, from a business point of view, the best thing to do is kind of keep your mouth shut, go along and just play fucking monkey music for people, you know? Just like dance and party like a fucking monkey. On either side, you don't want to be a part of. Now, as far as U2's charity work being a business, most of that, I think, is just Bono on his own. Um I, I don't think, and I might be wrong about this, that U2 plays all those things. But, Dave, you're a bigger fan of U2 than I am. What's your call? It's that? Bono on his own for many of the things. But I've seen Edge with him and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but, if, I mean, if, if you notice, you know, you, you don't see um, uh, Adam Clayton in a lot of these uh, charity things. Because Adam Clayton was always, you know, kind of the drinker of the band, the guy who parties. Mm-hmm. So he, he doesn't want to be wrapped up in it. And, and that's, you know, Adam Clayton's prerogative. Now, uh, here's Heather in Tampa. You're in front of us. Yeah, I don't know what that one guy was smoking, saying you two was anti-American. Well, here, here's the fact. If you happen to say something that was anti-Bush, you could be anti-American. I if, see. If you're coming from a certain angle, that might right. be. Too. Now, just like the same way, there are certain people on the left that will see the, say the teabaggers or some of the anti-Obama people, they're anti-American. I right, disagree right. with I think you can be against the policies of the country, um, but you don't necessarily have to support the president no matter what. No matter either side that you're on. But yeah, I I can see why he would be confused. And as far as the One campaign goes, Bono didn't even want it to be called One, which was the title of one of their songs. And uh, unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, the naming it that is what helps bring people to it. Well, you know, Fez doesn't want to believe that about George Clooney, but people will turn up to see what George Clooney happens to say because they like his music. Now, here's the interesting thing. No one would be mad if George Clooney was selling watches. Right. If suddenly he started selling watches, 
would be like, well, that's his business. Right. But if right. you take a political stand, it infuriates people. If right. you take a charitable stand, it'll make people angry. Um, I just kind of got the feeling when George Clooney was talking about this, like he was talking down to everybody, like we're all too stupid to know that something had happened in Haiti. Uh, do you know everything there is to know about Haiti? No, I don't know everything. Do you know where the money is going and all that? Uh, no, I'm do not. Do you know sure. how much money they need? No. So if somebody started to explain that to you, you feel like they're talking down to you? I mean, you just said you don't have a lot of the fucking knowledge about this. You have to hear it from somewhere. I know that you're not going to politicians to listen to them speak. You're not going out and listen to uh, economists saying what should happen. Sometimes that fucking message from those people gets passed along to people that people tend to pay a little more attention to. But yes, when it comes down to talking down to, you may feel like that because you don't have any of the information. You don't read up on it. You don't know whether you should give $5 or a fucking $100 or a $1,000. You don't know. You don't know any of these facts. What's wrong with him explaining to people? Um, here's uh, Doug, MPA. You're on Run Fez. Yeah, I was just wondering if you guys have heard about Garth Brooks suing a hospital in Oklahoma because he donated money to build the thing, but on the condition that they put his name on it. And when they didn't put his name on it, he wants his money back. Yeah, I, I read that story, and I thought he had a point. I think he gave him a million dollars to build a wing, and he wanted his mother's name on it. They took the check, and then at the end of it, they decided they didn't want to put his mother's name on it. Yeah, I think they owe him the money back. Yeah. Uh, one other thing before I get off here, going back to earlier, uh, instead of advertising on the Super Bowl, why wouldn't uh, Man Crunch advertise during the figure skating in the upcoming Winter Olympics when you know that type of man would be watching? Johnny uh, Weir with his fabulous rear. I think, uh, and really, believe me, we're all waiting. We're all waiting for him to, to medal. Uh, yeah, I, I don't get it either. I absolutely agree with you 100% on that one. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Let's talk to a musician that no one could ever sit down and, and judge this person's integrity. Death Metal Mo. Gentlemen, great to hear you as always. I miss my monkey music girl. 917, I'll check it in. Hi, my brother. What's up? Um, just briefly, um, I think it takes both with the uh, going, you know, going back to the charity thing. It takes people donating anonymously, big donors like Brian Johnson, and it also takes people, you know, it's like a business. You're trying to get your trying to get your message out there so you attract big people sure. to it to say to say what's going on, um, get awareness. And I'll be honest, things like like we'll take Bono. Uh, Bono I didn't know that the company, uh, excuse me, that small uh, countries needed to be forgiven debt. You know, they couldn't pay back things like that. I didn't know stuff like that. Right. Other, other, you know, things that people bring uh, light to. It's just like a product, and a lot of those people donate their time. I'm not going to say that their egos don't get stroked, but um, it's kind of a thing where if if they can help people, and hopefully none of the funds are misappropriated too poorly. I mean, too severely. Right. If the end result is good for people, then let them stroke their egos all day. I'm a flying fuck. You know, the interesting thing there too, and it, you know, if the person is stroking their ego, but other people benefit from it, it really could be time for people just to say, "Suck it up," and you know, maybe this is good. All right, Garth Brooks wants this named after his mom. He's given a million fucking dollars. You could say we don't name fucking buildings after people. We don't want your million. They said, yeah. We'll fucking name it after your mom. Then they fucking didn't put her name up on it. 
<laughs> I mean, that's breaking a fucking business deal. You think if he fucking said, oh, I want the naming rights to Giant Stadium, and then they decided after they took the money, oh, we don't want to just keep a Giant Stadium. He'd, he'd deserve his fucking money back. It's the same deal. Yeah, Staples Center, Staples bought it. You know, it's like it's not going to be whatever it was. The same thing with like a doctor that donated a million dollars. They name a wing after him. Yeah, I mean, sorry, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Sorry, right, Mo. True. Peace. You know, the death metal guys do so much stuff. They really do. They they do plenty. Uh, PC, you're on the Run Face Show. Yeah, buddies, you know, while I appreciate the awareness that's raised by an awful lot of these celebrities, uh, my big question is, when's the last time that a person like Bono or Clooney said, I'm going to donate all the money that I would stand to gain from a particular tour or a movie to whatever, you know, fund or campaign it is that they they seem to actually promote? Um, to me, the idea of that would be, if you show that you're giving all of your earnings to one thing, then it tells you the average American, I can give whatever it is I give. Because honestly, when they just throw a million dollars, but they've got $500 million in the bank, you know, it's a, it's a drop of water in a bucket. That's the equivalent of us all giving $5, you know, tomorrow to whatever fund. But let's, let's suppose this. Let's suppose everybody did throw in $5. They would have made more money than they did that fucking night. You know what well, I mean? I don't think they're asking for everybody to give a million. I think you ask for rich people to give more than poor people. Uh, but we don't even know fucking poverty like they have over there right now. Uh, we just don't fucking know it. doesn't mean that you have to do it. You are free to do what you want. But why sit around and bitch at the people who are doing stuff? And again, are you free to bitch? Yeah, of course you are. But you also aren't making any fucking sense. For Fez to sit here and act like George Clooney acts like he knows more about Haiti than the rest of us. He does. He fucking focuses on it. Brad Fitt, Pitt knows more about those houses in fucking New Orleans than the rest of us. I don't have to sit here and feel like fucking inferior. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, I haven't caught it. He knows more. He fucking definitely knows more than what it takes to put that fucking uh, city back on his feet. Well, then I don't understand why George Clooney, when he does have opportunities to speak, like at the Golden Globes, uh, turns and when someone brings it up, turns and looks away at his menu and doesn't bring it up when he's on stage. If it's so important, why then act so shy about it? It just, it, to I've me, it you, comes across as fake. I've heard you mention that a couple dozen times. I understand that because he didn't stand up and start waving to everybody that, 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 that that made you angry. I'm sure if he would have did that. I'm sure if he would have stood up and fucking saluted everybody, you would have came back and said he... You just hate the fucking guy, Fez. There's nothing you can do about it. You fucking despise him. Um, here is uh, Brian in Kentucky. You're on Ronnie Fez. Pleasure to talk to you, Ronnie. I've got a buddy who's a real philanthropist. He, he goes to all these events, and he's a giver and of both time and money. And I went to one with him, and there was a big wig, just a local big wig there. And I said, does, does that guy give a lot of money? And he said, well, yeah, but he's got a ton of money. What he, what he doesn't give is any of his time, which to him, that's something that would hurt. He says to give, those the people who really give in those situations are the ones that give something they don't really have a lot of. So to me, the fact that Clooney gets up there and gives all his time is as impressive as anything. Yeah, but I mean, and then it looks like he's taking all the credit for it, too, when there's a lot of people involved. Like who? Who else is involved? The the people that are calling in and donating, the people that are working as rescue workers there. I don't think he's ever said I'm doing more important work than anyone else. 
uh, he's giving the money to the rescue workers. And all those people there are donating their time. Well, you want to scroll at the end of the show for everybody who's there? Jack Nicholson didn't mind fucking show up and taking phone calls. All right, uh, Kevin on Long Island has a problem with Avatar. What is it, Kevin? Yeah, I don't know if you guys touched on this at all, but uh, did you see the movie? I guess you did. Yeah, and did. Did you pick up on the anti-American themes about the whole movie? Uh, give me the anti-American themes. Well, if you took out the line in the movie, you're not in Kansas anymore, then I'd be okay with it, because that's the movie line that established them as U.S. Marines. Uh, and he had uh, he had the audience. He made a movie where the audience turned around and started cheering the killing of U.S. Marines while we're at two wars. Well, they were actually I can't they, people are up in arms over this. Uh, they were actually kind of corporate uh, Marines, but I I, I do no, agree. They were with, Americans. They were strictly Americans. I mean, yeah, but know. I mean that they were already done with their military service, and they were more like Blackwater. But I will. Uh, give you 100% of this, that this is about uh, America going to other places. Right, and they used the symbol of the getting the thing out of the ground, the mineral, whatever it was, was a symbol of oil in mm -hmm. Iraq. So you would have felt better if they would have went there, wiped those people out, and taken the minerals? No, I would have felt better if he let the actor use his Australian accent, which he originally has, and hired a few other actors, say even Arabs. Were, were, were there no Arabs involved in this uh Attack on uh, this foreign land. So you would have liked it better if they would have shown... International. Yeah, uh, international. It would have been like a U.N. troop yeah. going there. All right. A little, a little more, uh, less blatant. So at a certain point, you became really furious watching the film? Yes. I've heard from a couple of people that they were really upset when the... I mean, the fact that uh, there was a lady in front of me applauding when, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they were killing, killing Marines. They were obviously American soldiers being shot. Right, but the guy that switched over. But let's say in this futuristic movie, were the Marines uh, acting uh, correctly or incorrectly? Well, no, they were acting like uh, you know, like uh, Europeans did when they came to America. Exactly. So, so that's what the lady was clapping for. She was clapping no. for the native people being able to keep their land. Well, uh, well, maybe that's what she was clapping for. But I think Cameron's point of view is more. This is America. This is what America. I, like. I will give you that. I will give you that. But generally, if you're watching a movie, you tend to side with the people the movie is about. You remember, like when they used to run those uh, animal Brave shows, yeah, uh, yeah. shows, and uh, you would see them uh, on a uh, on a Saturday, and they would show like uh, a whole thing about the zebra, right? Uh huh. And you'd be like, the zebra's trying to get away from the lion. And you'd be like, please, run, run. Then the next fucking week, they would show you the lion, and you're like, I hope he gets to eat. I'm fucking worried. I hope he eats that stupid zebra. There is something really powerful about who the camera decides is the center. And you start to see things from their point of view. So did they go out of their way and, and try to point out, hey, the people on Earth need this mineral? or else life can't go on, and these people on this planet who don't even value this mineral won't share it. If they would have done that, you would, you might have, with just one scene like that, complicated the movie and made you think, yeah, what is the right thing to do? Who do you owe your allegiance to? But they don't bother fucking doing that because when people go to a popcorn movie, they want black and white characters. That's what they want. It's not a matter of, and, and the audience can 
and will be manipulated every time you go to a, a theater, I whether you like it or not. I don't understand the whole thing of, oh, we went there for the mineral. That's supposed to be oil like we did in Iraq. I don't understand that argument anymore. We didn't get one drop of oil out of that place. That was supposed to pay for the whole thing. Um, you might, if you don't understand, check with George Clooney. I'm sure you take a couple moments and explain to you. Uh, Bob, New Jersey, you're on my face. Hey, Ronnie. Right in the very beginning of that movie, they make it a, a point to say that these guys were mercenaries. They were former Marines. Yeah. Not, not actual Marines. I so tried to point that out to the last gentleman, but he was furious. But I thought that they, they kind of represented Blackwater or something like that, you know? Right, exactly. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. But it, it definitely, I mean, it would be a lie to say that it did not represent the American corporate uh, military point of view. We're the bad guys in that film. I got news for you. It's not the first time. We like to do that in our movies. We always have. Uh, Skeeter in Brooklyn, you're on the Ron Fez show. Yeah, um, just uh, uh, Cameron's brother is an ex-Marine. And uh, according to Cameron, he did this. He had the main character um, as an, as a marine, as an as an homage to marines. Mm -hmm. And he's also going over to Afghanistan to uh, you know tour the movie. So I don't I don't think there's you know the the anti marine. He said that people who read an anti marine sentiment in there are just overdoing it a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean I think anyone who's followed uh, Cameron's career would not be thinking of him as some kind of Hollywood liberal. There's just nothing about him that that seems that way. Um, it's interesting to see what people uh, to get you know pissed off about. Brian Atlanta, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, Ronnie Fez. I, I, I guess I want to talk uh, Fez's comment about Clooney. I think we all give those guys too much credit. You know, maybe he is just kind of a regular guy who's found himself in a pretty good position. And, and for once, he doesn't want to be that Hollywood dickhead that sits up there at the award shows and tries to get everybody to buy his bullshit. Maybe he says, you know what, this is a time to respect the award and the ceremony, and I'll have my time next Friday or whatever it is. Right now, get the spotlight and draw attention on my own terms. It's not my. It's not an opportunity, and this isn't a forum for that. Well, despite the fact that everybody seems to think it is. The interesting thing there, Fez is saying that Clooney took too much credit. Uh, did you watch the the show? No, I tried to, and I just found it too heartbreaking to to sit there and keep staring at all those images. Better to turn on another show and forget about them over there. Um. The interesting thing, from your point of view, is Clooney opened the show. I don't think he did two minutes, and then you didn't see him again. Uh, Beyonce definitely had more screen time than than Clooney did. I just wish they would have rocked more. I don't know what the solemn music was all about. I like to rock a little bit too. I'm gonna agree with you. Could have been some, you know, little uplifting type stuff. You know, not just so. Unfortunately, sad. we didn't get ACDC. Shuck Beyond Night Long would have been perfect for the earthquake. Andrew W.K., our friend, party on. I mean, what the hell? The guy's a motivational speaker. He can't, you know, get people up dancing around. You want him to do that song? I want him to do something uplifting. I want him to come in, shake some ass. Yeah, well, he's into the sad piano stuff now. He'll get over it. And I don't know when uh, Bruce Springsteen turned into Southern Woody Guthrie. 
Once he made Nebraska, that's right. where you pinpoint it. He never got out. He thought he was trapped in if Nebraska. If he has an acoustic guitar, he's from the South. And he's got to understand the difference between South Jersey and the South. South Jersey is still Yankees. Yeah, I mean, the one his one song, Devil's End Dust. <laughs> he's still good, though. You got to use a juice harp. Uh, Sean and Georgia, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, the moat says the moat reason George Clooney wasn't speaking about it, everything he was at was because the moment he would have said something, you would have been on the radio saying, can George Clooney shut up about it? You would have vilified him for that. You get him either way he goes. I disagree with that. I think if it was important to him, he would when have, have you ever up. When have you ever said anything positive about the man? Never. Nothing since Batman and Robin. So then why would you disagree? Why would you disagree that suddenly this would have made you say something good? Why would we why would we believe that you would go in and go, you know what? All this time I thought this about George Clooney. Let me flip flop it like I did on George Lucas. Let me go back. Oh, matter of fact, I got a, an email mad at you over the George Lucas stuff today, Fez. Really? And you you're a Star Wars guy? Yeah, I I like Star Wars. I enjoy it, but I thought you loved it. But you know, yeah, very much. And um, you love it with all your heart. I love it, you know, yeah, with all my heart and the, soul. And soul, yes, I Good adore. Repeating. I adore Star Wars. Do you believe him, Dave? I don't know what to believe anymore. To be honest with you, Ron, I was just so disappointed after uh, you know I sat and thought about that last movie. But why would the fact that you hated the last movie make you hate the movie that you saw eight times? Because I because here's the thing, I went ahead and put my trust in in uh, George Lucas. I I feel like I wanted to like these movies so much that uh, I talked myself into liking them, and I felt he, foolish by the end of it. Here's the email. It says, "Fellas, I've listened for a long time since the WJFK days. I have tolerated Fez's talk about his vast Star Wars knowledge and his frustration with the three prequel Star Wars movies." And how disappointed he is with George Lucas's step back from storytelling. No more. Number one. Any true Star Wars fan can surely criticize uh, Lucas's method for execution, but is not surprised of the outcome of the movie. You were surprised about who Darth Vader was. Right. I wanted a better Darth Vader story. Two, the unwritten mythology of Star Wars has always been that there are nine movies. The middle three, the first three, and the last three. In the last three movies, the Emperor is cloned, Luke falls to the dark side, and has to be saved by Leia, Han, and friends. Three, I have 89 novels having to do with the Star Wars universe. The original three movies fit into one of those novels. And I can only collect and read novels having to do with the original movie's timeline. No prequel books. You want to play Star Wars Trivia Fez? Let's play. Who is Wraith Squadron? What is the name of Luke Skywalker's son? Um, what killed Chewbacca? Which of the three Han Solo, Leah Organa Solo children, are dead? Jason, Jacina, or Anakin? Who is Thrawn? Fez, you don't know jack shit about Star Wars or the Star Wars universe. You know trivia about six movies. I can name all the principal characters from the Moe's Esley Cantina and their background because I read the novels. 
It's like you thinking that you know everything about the Marvel Universe because you've seen a handful of movies. I have 87 novels dealing with Marvel characters. I resent you, Fez, for making me geek out so hard on you. And yes, Phantom Manum sucks ass. But the other two prequels are good movies. Not great, just good from SM. Very well written. I believe that that person's probably the strong Fez character. How well written that thing was. Now we'll give Fez a chance. Yes, I don't read the Star Wars novels. Oh my God, you don't? That what? doesn't mean. Why I'm don't a, you? That doesn't mean I'm not a Star Wars fan. Oh yes, it does. I read all the Timothy the Timothy Zahn books. Brilliant. Timothy Zahn Star Wars novels are almost every Star Wars. Timothy Zahn is dead. I can be a fan of Star Wars without having to pick up every piece of Star Wars material. Apparently, you don't picked up any of it. I'm a Batman fan. I haven't read every single Batman comic ever printed. Oh, I thought you were a fan. I am a fan. Fly by Night fan? No. I have a Hardcore. lot. Hardcore. A lot of Star Wars comic books, and I know Fez likes comic books. Does he have any Star Wars comic books? You know what Star? You know it's not Star Trek, right? Yes, I know that. It's Star Wars. It's George Lucas's Star Wars. Uh, I'm going to give you Tour or False in Star Wars. Okay. Mr. Spock was in it. Tour or False. False. See? That yeah. proves to that emailer. Lucky answer. Really? Yes, it does. That you know about Mr. Spock? Well, you have to have a point, Fuzzy. You don't really follow along with all the stuff. No, but I mean, I follow along with the movies. I've seen the movies enough times. You don't even like them. Did you like the Jedi one? Return of the Jedi, I thought as soon as, you know what, as I looked at it over and over again, I loved all the stuff on the new Death Star. I didn't like anything on the forest moon of Endor. So you like two and a half of the six. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a Star Wars fan. What about the, all the Jabba shit? That stuff was awesome. Hates it. You hate the Jabba well, he doesn't stuff? even know who it is. I know Jabba the Hutt. Well, you said you What's like his the wife's name? I don't What's know. What's his kid's name? I don't know. What's the little monster who sits on his stomach? That, I don't know. I'm not sure right Salacious now. Why don't you just admit that you don't watch it? That's, then that's fine. I do watch <laughs> it. I watch these movies you time and time again. You haven't seen one of them. You own them? Yes, I have the DVDs. You have a really? DVD player? Because it doesn't sound like you do. What's the um, name of the bonus uh, DVD? That George Lucas he has. He doesn't know. I don't know that. You said you had DVDs. Doesn't mean that I've watched every single thing on them. Same with, uh, you know, not reading Wait. all the novels. You don't watch everything on the DVD? No, maybe I haven't watched, like, a bonus DVD or the extras or the commentary. How can you be a fan? I watched the bonus DVD. You it's like what? an hour and a half documentary. You're exactly the same as me. You don't give two shits about this guy. <laughs> you don't fucking care about him. I am a fan. I don't think so. I went to the theaters to see the movies. What theater? Oh, I will say this. I did go to the one with all right, Phantom Menace. Was that the one that came back? Yeah, that, that was, was the, the first, first one. one back, yeah. All right, so here's the Fez Watley thing. So we go to the midnight screening on like a radio show thing. We go in there. We're watching this dumb shit. Now, when it starts, people have brought their little fucking Star Wars toys, and they're jumping up and down, and they're acting like fucking idiots. I'll say it, 45 minutes over to it, I'm like watching a movie, 
I'm hearing like a fucking monster, like, I'm like, is that fucking Vader? I look over, there's Watley, Saul and fucking Wood, sound asleep. It was a midnight showing, it was late no, at night. Not good enough excuse. Absolutely. And I no fell way. asleep during the pod race. The movies hadn't been out in 20 years. <laughs> this is funny, when I was doing the Ron and Ron show with uh, Diaz, they opened up the... Star Wars ride or whatever the fuck it is in Universal, right? Was it Universal or Disney? It was uh, at Disney MGM. Well, do you remember what the ride was? Because it was like you're in their universe. Star Tours. Right. So we do the thing. I stayed out, and Diaz took the first uh, trip through, right? But he had his mic so he could explain it to us. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, you know, I'll be out next to the... Um, the unit, and then we'll be able to broadcast everybody back home. He's going through there, and he starts going like this. Oh, it's crazy. They're shooting sh these things. Uh, there's a hairy, a tall, hairy guy starting trouble. Oh, I guess he's good. He had never seen any of the fucking <laughs> Star Wars. We are the first people, right, who get to go in this run. And I had no idea. And he's like, there's a little man, I guess a man or some kind of an animal. He seems to be nice, though. It's really fun. <laughs> it was fucking hysterical. <laughs> and basically, he still knows more about it than Fez does. I know about Star Wars. You're not a fan. I'm a fan. There's That's a why I was so disappointed. You're not a fanatic. You know why you're probably disappointed? You're not into it. He doesn't like them. It's I not a big problem. No, I'm big time into it. There's plenty of things I don't like. Like what? Gays. Um, let's go to Jeff. Jeff, you're on my Fez. Hey, Fezzy, what about the best baseball or the best uh, Star Wars movie ever? Spaceballs. You watch Spaceballs, Fez? Yeah, I've seen Spaceballs. But yeah, that's the one you do know. Uh, we got a break here. When we come back, let's play some of these songs for $1,000. $1,000 song on the line. And you can do this any way you want. You can play it on a xylophone. You can play it on a gazoo. You can do it a cappella, your guitar, piano. It's up to you. $1,000 to the winner. It's write a brand new jingle. For PennyStockChaser.com. PennyStockChaser, that's who's providing the $1,000 cash prize. You can go to PennyStockChaser.com for free daily stock alerts and notices. Make sure your jingle is 45 seconds or less and email it to Jingle at SiriusXM.com. Jingle at SiriusXM.com. $1,000. For complete rules, go to Sirius.com slash the virus. We'll be right back with that. It's the Fest Show. I didn't go to Vietnam just to have pansies like you take my freedom away from me. You went to Vietnam in 1993 to open up a sweatshop. And a lot of good men died in that sweatshop. I just saw that episode the other night. I'm really catching up on It's Always Sunny. Uh, you can see pictures, well, video of the bearded Joker on 202 Friends, and then Dave being accused of being the bearded Joker on OP Radio, and then running down the hallway from OP in a very clumsy, far from masculine jaunt that uh, that Dave takes. Really prancing. 
you think about it. It did. It did. But if he would have actually did a full stride, his ass would have opened up and just would have fell out. You look like you're running with a bucket of cum, my friend. Well, that's just the way I run. You know, I was never a great base stealer, Ronnie. Was, you, you take short strides. Yeah, you know, I was just a station-by-station guy. First, second, better hit a very big double to get me in from second base. Um, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to nail one off the wall if you want to bring <laughs> <Right>. Dave in. <laughs> Dave's never in a hurry. Never in a hurry. Uh, I also saw your Twitio the other day. Uh, make sure you put up the the Joker one on on your site too, because that fits into the weirdness of it all. But um, I saw your video the other day of you in a cab. Yes. I got into a cab with uh, just a great cab driver. Now, was the guy going backwards the whole time? No, we were going straight. I don't know. Yeah, people got confused. I was watching you. You were looking out the back window, and the madness was going on, but it just seems like he's driving backwards down 6th Avenue. It was, uh, he, was just, he, was, he was very confused as to why I was yelling at him. But then he started to have fun with it. What is Fat Cash Daddio like yourself doing taking cabs like Ronnie B? It was um, like there, there was snow on the ground, and it was just it was. You don't walk in snow. It was eighteen. Well, I didn't know that it was going to snow, uh, because the whoever runs the weather bulletins they give yeah. it when it's snowing well, rather he, than twenty four hours before. Here's the bulletin for Saturday. You got your show Saturday night. Yes. Forty inches of snow. Predicted in North Jersey and Manhattan. I heard. Um, if this snow is anywhere near as big as what they're saying, you guys ought to have a best of ready. Because <laughs> that's heard. a long haul for you. But they're they're predicting another blizzard. Yeah, I know. The only saving grace would be if it, they... I heard that it's going to start Friday night. So if that's the case, then hopefully by Saturday afternoon, I'll, you know, the roads will be a little better. 40 inches. I know. I, 40 inches is 40 inches. I heard it called paralyzing snow. I didn't hear the paralyzing. Yeah. So, I mean, this is snow that will cripple you. Yeah, that's got to be. Really? That, will, that will smash how your big, spine. How big are these flakes? <laughs> Apparently, they're like bricks coming down because they are. it's the crippler, the crippler blizzard. Paralyzing snow this weekend. Paralyzing snow. All right, let's uh, keep this thing moving along. The penny stock uh, jingle submissions are coming in because, let's face it, it's time that we figured out to replace sleeves with the penny stock song. And that was an improvised song. And uh, the young lady that was in here today, Aubrey Plaza, told me, she said, I'm with the Upright Citizens Brigade for years. She goes, that's the best improvised song I ever heard two people do before. She goes, I don't know what it is about you and sleeves, but it's magic. I wish I could bottle it and make the ham and eggers in fucking Hollywood drink it. So uh, let's first play the sleeve song that everybody loves so much. And that's so uh, quick. That is just a quick Twitter song. So some people think they can do better. Uh, here's Macy Gray. And you remember Macy Gray for having such fabulous hits at the turn of the millennium. Uh, try, 
I think was an enormous uh, hit for her. And I'm sure there was others. I can't think of them all right now. But she was a, a fabulous singer with a knot of hair. And she wants to get in on this, on Penny Stock. Here's Macy Gray. Change is all I have here. What will I do with it? I'll buy some stock. Time to overcome my stock market fear. At Penny Stock Chaser.com. Oh boy, uh, Macy used all 45 seconds of that. I'm telling you right now, it's tough for me to think Macy Gray can be beat. That's so good, I actually want to hear it again. Because I was a little weirded out by it when it started. One more time on the Macy. Well, because I don't go to the office with you guys. Have you already heard that in advance? I had heard that one, yes. This is all new to me, Fez. So I, uh, you didn't tell me we have a great Macy Gray song. I want to take another listen to it. And before we get sued. Change is all I have here. What will I do with it? I'll buy some stock. Time to overcome my stock market fear at pennystockchaser.com. I play it off like I know what I'm doing, but I was about to go bankrupt. I tried to buy some stock on my own, tried to do it by myself, but I stumbled. I try to hide it. It's clear. Thank God, Penis, I chase All right. The only thing I have a problem with uh, Macy is the way she just stopped so <laughs> abruptly at 45 seconds. Let's go now to Will Carroll. Will Carroll. Well, I got a few pennies. Honey to Can't attract the honeys without the money. And you got a shot. Uh, that's really good. That's really, really strong. That's Will Carroll. In competition for the thousand dollars mm. that someone could get with the Penny Stock uh, Chaser dot com jingle competition here. You're right about that, Fez. How do people uh, sign up for this? Still got plenty of time. Yep. You email your jingle to jingle at seriousxm dot com. Jingle at seriousxm dot com. <laughs> Here's Scotty L. At Penny Stock Chaser, you can buy stocks again and again and again. Fezzy likes to get down on his knees and suck on the cocks of men. Penny Stocks, Penny Stocks, Penny Stocks, Penny Stocks, Fezzy likes to suck on cocks. 
Penny stocks, penny stocks, penny stocks, penny stocks, as he likes to suck on cocks. At Penny Stock Chaser, you can buy stocks again and again and again. Fezzy likes to get down on his knees and suck on the cocks of men. Alright, that's the first time I'm hearing that one. Um, let me hear it one more time because there's some strengths there. And I love the fact that he's going straight a cappella. Do we need to hear that one again? <clears throat> Uh, I gotta tell you, uh, the moon glows, the Oreos, the five satins, now and forever after, as it was before, Renee and Georgette Magritte and their dog after the war. It's all said right there in that song. Let's go a cappella with the great Scotty L. At Penny Stock Chaser, you can buy stocks again and again and, and again. again. Fezzy yeah. likes to get down on his knees and suck, suck on, on the, the cocks, cocks of men. men. Penny stocks, penny stocks, penny stocks, penny stocks, as he likes to suck on cocks. Penny stocks, penny stocks, penny stocks, penny stocks, as he likes to suck on cocks. At penny stock chaser, you can buy stocks again and again and again. As he likes to get down on his knees and suck on the cocks of men. Yeah, I'm going to put a star next to that one. That's really put, fucking strong. Do not put any stars by that Dude, one. everybody should be able to vote how they want. Don't fucking Simon me on this. All right? I'm like the girl who, when she's hearing something, her head's going back and forth. Yeah, but did I you have to sing along with it? I can't help it. It's fucking catchy. Penny stocks, penny stocks, penny stocks, penny stocks. Fez sucks on the cocks of men. Oh, penny stocks, penny stocks, penny stocks, penny stocks. Fez sucks... On the cocks of men. And I and I never heard that song before. And that's how goddamn catchy it is. You're going to Hollywood, dog. Shouldn't be going to Hollywood on that one. I vote Hollywood. I don't know what the opposite of a star is, but that's what I'm putting next to that one. I Super would put um, a moon. I don't know. Why would that be the opposite? Why don't you put a black hole? Uh, all right. For asshole. Which is what... All right, uh, here's a gentleman sent us another one. Uh, this one's from Sucks. Suspect Phil. Oh, Suspect Phil. It's really, really strong. It's well thought out. And it just seems like they care. They care about the product. They've got recording equipment as well. Mm. Uh, let's go to... Uh, and Why don't you give me the name here, Hicks? Because I don't know what he's saying. Anything. I think it's The Sweetest Boy. Oh, all right. The Sweetest Boy. The Sweetest Boy. And get a penny, get a penny. Invest it in. Penny stock chaser. Dot. C-O-M. 
Right, I like that a lot. I like it a lot because he didn't take the whole 45 seconds. It's to the point, that's for sure. All right, let me hear it again. Get a penny, get a pin app. Invest it in. Penny stock chaser.com. He's right. He is the sweetest boy. He really is. He's adorable. Uh, we'll keep uh, moving along. And this one is Bootsy Coattails. I chase mountains. She chase the sea. I can't say enough good things about that when it mentioned my boy Pepper Hicks. Um, I found it to be adorable. Can I just hear it one more time um, before I just give him the Jibo? I chase mountains, she chase the sea. When I chase What was he saying at the end? That was pennystockchaser.com. That might be my leader so far. Uh, Let's head on over uh, to a young brother run by the name of Cosgraves. His best pissy cock chasers. How sweet look pretty good for la 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 la. Making my way with the la 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 la. Penny stock chaser, la 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 la. Penny stock chaser. La 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 la, feeling pretty good in the la 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 la. Oh, that's good. I like that one a lot, Fezzy. I like it because it reminds me a little bit of sleeves, but not so sissy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, dog chaser, la 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 la. I don't know if it was good use of audio from the show. That's called sampling. All right. If you understood anything about Star Wars, you would know what sampling is. I'm a big Star Wars fan. The only thing you know about samples, you look like junior samples. Um, so mean. It's time to hear from the young ladies. And uh, this one's here. This is her last year of eligibility. She's tried out seven times before. And it's Lady Trucker. Singing. Hey, 
Alright, the song was amazing because it's Birdland. <laughs> Why bring my ass up in it? Well, your ass was singing. That big fat bag of flannel is singing about my ass. Why would you say, why bring my ass up in it? She's not even trying. She's just trying to talk about me farting. Oh, I heard PennyStockChaser.com and that I thing. I heard it, too. You want to hear it again, Fez? No, I don't yeah, want to hear let's it. Let's play Lady Trucker again. And let's uh, see how it's going. Good so far. Horrible. Now, did you record that with her? No, I didn't do anything with her. I don't even like her entry into the jingle competition. Mm. Oh, I wish she'd drive too close to a cliff. I don't like the nickname that you made for her. Fat bag of flannel? Yeah. You know why? Why? Comes across as mean-spirited. It could be the name of her group with one person in it. Can we move on? Yes, please. Let's. Um, this young bass uh, hailed by the name of Bart. Bart coming at you. Pennystockchaser.com. Legitimate hot info online. Pennystockchaser.com. Hottest stock tips online. Pennystockchaser.com. Safer than others online. Pennystockchaser.com. Stock trades less than $5 a share. Pennystockchaser.com. Stocks could yield huge returns. Pennystockchaser.com. Find us at pennystockchaser.com. Oh, that's good. You know why he puts everything right there? He's not wasting any time. We, I don't believe this. We have not had one person call up that I don't think could have won this thing straight out. Lady Trucker! I don't know. I've got uh, four stars next to the fat bag of flannel. Wait a minute. That's not her name. That is her. That's her name. That's the name. What the? That's her name. The name of her one-woman quartet. Would you just let me look like I'm uh, <laughs> surprised when I look at this? What the? Sometimes I think you're in love with her. Oh. Let's go over to, uh, and I believe this guy made it big on the Newhart show with his brothers. This is Daryl. I like that, Fez, because it was out there. I thought it was kind of Radiohead. Am I crazy there? Was that very Radiohead? Oh, it was awesome, definitely. Mm. That a little scary. Down. Yeah. Uh, so as you can see, there's plenty of ways to do this. Send your jingle to jingle at SiriusXM.com to be in competition for the $1,000 cash prize from Penny Stock Chaser, where you get free daily stock alerts and notices. 
I really don't see anybody that uh, that can't win this one. <clears throat> Lady Trucker. And the last one going in so inside like that, you know, bringing up uh, our friends. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I didn't even know some of those things. All right, let's go on over here to uh, Dave Trop. Whole name is laid out here. Here's Dave Trop. Penny star chaser, invest in your dream. The look under the couch and find some pennies. Penny star chaser, invest in your dream. Just look under the couch and find your pennies. Penny star chaser. Invest in your dreams Just look under the couch And find your penny <laughs> It's that easy Pennystockchaser.com Alright, I'm a Vegas guy mm -hmm. So I'm gonna like that kind of song um, And I also like it Because it lets Penny Stock Chaser know That we're not you know, fucking around with their thousand dollars. We're taking it very serious. Um, let's keep this thing rolling along. And uh, there, a lot of great bands will just use their initials and nothing else, just initials. That's why I want to check in with HC. Uh, that I think you're gonna like Fez because that reminds me that you graduated. It's got that Winchester Cathedral sound to it. I am not that old. Pony, 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 pony. Look how old Fez is. Don't help him. Who'd you take to your pond with you? Fat bag of flannel? No, I never would. Pony stock chaser, here comes Fez, and he's got a fat bag of flannel. I would have taken her, but there was an occupancy limit on the uh, where the prom was. Maybe if you would have just, you know, done the line instead of struggled with it, we'd all be laughing right now. Why you turn sideways like this? What are you, your fucking relief pitcher? You keeping the guy on first? He's actually lined up here. <laughs> Look at Dave does the pressure of you. Have you noticed that you've been doing that lately? No, I haven't. It's a new fucking thing. You stand with one foot on the rubber throughout the entire thing. <laughs> Oh, fucking bananas. Pony stock chaser, pony, pony, pony. My name is H.C. I hope I win. Yada, yada, yada. I'm going out of my mind. <clears throat> I'm sure that the good folks at Penny Stock Chaser are going to love this. They're going to love this. And uh, where did they hear this one? This is by a guy who runs by one name. I mean, you have that in life. You have Madonna. You have Cher. And now you have Kevin. I'm talking shit balls. I'm talking motherfucks. I'm talking dick licks. I'm talking to the cocksucks. Get your access. Get your $50 toilet rebate. Get your money on the printed. Get it in my pizza, motherfucking 
drink a national drink of refrigeration and yeah to the ones and the twos into the ones and the beats and the twos and threes I'm talking about sleeves talking about beating his ass kicking his fucking hairy ass pennystockchaser.com he's very derivative of Christ I believe <laughs> yeah you can see what his early influences are that was Kevin Kevin, more like heaven. Unlike you, Fez, I'm part of the hip-hop generation. Yeah, I'm not. It's not too late. Yeah, get into it. It's a fucking gangster's paradise over here, Fez. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying, yes. This fucking video is going to drop, know what I'm saying? Yes. You put the hip in hip-hop. You going from hip hop to come up. Finish that chaser, making me a racer. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long. What's the score of the Super Bowl gonna be first? It's gonna be the Colts 44. Jesus, really? Yeah. Wow. And and the Saints, 34. All right, so you're taking the over. Oh, definitely. Yes, I am. You got you to bet on the over. Yep. Yeah. Every play, a score. <laughs> I have a feeling, I can't be 100% sure, I think Dungey's going to be back for this game. I honestly think he's coming back to coach this last game. They would let him. All right, having a lot of fun here, Fezzy. Let's go by somebody who's known to write some uh, good tunes, and that's uh, DJ Newstyle. And you might be like, oh, is he back again as a single? No, my friends. He's now in a duo, a pop duo, by a young bastard run by the name of Monocode. Benny's not Penny stocks on the loose Better give chase Thought your life was a waste Get some pros on the case And face the possibility Of wealth and gains Put a penny on the line And your life might change Or you can stay on the couch Or wherever you sleep And complain about the rich And the rewards they reap Let the tip seep From the screen into your brain Penny stock chases Spend your pennies when it rains Really nice song, Fezzy. I'm just, I wish they didn't have to follow Kevin because that already hip hopped me out a little bit. So let me try uh, DJ New Style and Monocode one more time. Stocks on the loose, better give chase, thought your life was a waste, get some pros on the case, and face the possibility of wealth and gains, put a penny on the line and your life might change, or you can stay on the couch or wherever you sleep, and complain about the rich and the rewards they reap, let the tip seep, from the screen into your brain, penny stock chases, spend your pennies when it rains. 
Can't beat that, Fezzy. They had us throwing gang signs here. We were all throwing gang signs. Um, not, uh, I think we got a break here. We don't have any more time, but we'll try to get some more of these uh, up and running for you. As you can see, everybody's got a chance to win. Fezzy, let them know how to put in their song. To win the $1,000, you got to enter your jingle at jingle at SiriusXM.com. Jingle at SiriusXM.com. That's the email address for full rules. You, uh, you go to Sirius.com slash virus. And that $1,000, that's from Penny Stock Chaser. PennyStockChaser.com for free daily stock alerts and notices. And Eastside Dave wanted to hear his again. And I don't know whether he can win or not. I just know this. He could. Penny Stock Chaser. PennyStockChaser.com. Invest your pennies. It'll be worth your while. Soon you'll be making money and smiles and smiles. Penny Stock Chaser. PennyStockChaser.com. Forget the Tootsie Roll. So long wishing well, my penny's gonna make me richer than hell. Penny Stock Chaser, PennyStockChaser.com. Got my shiny new penny, it looks very nice. Makes me look so great. Fuck you, Bill Gates. Didn't like the end with uh, fuck you, Bill Gates, but other than that, Eastside Dave, or as he calls his band, Little Bro, because he's like the little bro that needs to be protected. Little Bro is Adorable is the name of the new album. Little Bro in Walmart. Get it on Sunday, baby. Are you just going straight through Walmart? Walmart exclusive deal, Ronnie B. They're going to cut out that last uh, part of it. That's fake. Bill, fuck you, Bill Gates. Tough shit. Mm. Uh, we're going to break your fez. He's going to come back and uh, wrap up the show. But I don't know who's going to win the thousand bucks. It's still wide open and you still can get involved. It's the Run a Fez show. People think we're fuck-ups. Everybody thinks we're fuck-ups, except the right people. The right people see everything. I got drunk the night before. I'm hungover as hell. I'm wearing my overalls. These guys are all in suits. I look like a mess. I'm smoking. Can I have a cigarette? with the Ron and Fez show on a Thursday. Remember this weekend on the SiriusXM Raw Dog Comedy Channels, it's Unmasked with special guest Tracy Allman. That's going to be Saturday night, 8 p.m. in the East. Tracy Allman Unmasked on Raw Dog. That's XM 150, Sirius 104. I have found out that I am a prejudiced person, Ron. Oh, I know you are. I notice you don't have any black friends. Well, I know Earl. Would you consider him your friend? No, not really. Okay. But uh, I'm also prejudiced not just uh, against people, but I find out I'm prejudiced against clothes. If I see somebody wearing a certain something, I'll have an assumption about them. And I'm the same way. Like, if I see a guy, like, in a white pointed hood, I'm like, what's his problem? Or a guy in a Nazi uniform, again, what's his problem? Or black Viet Cong pajamas. I'm like, Charlie, this ain't your fucking name. This ain't for you, pal. With me, it's more everyday stuff. Mm -hmm. Like a wife beater t-shirt. 
I just, you know, I don't like a wife beater t-shirt, so I would be prejudiced against the person I saw wearing one. Like, would you imagine in your head that he beats his wife? Yes, I would think, you know what, that's a guy, if he's wearing that as his shirt, not just an undershirt, but as, as his shirt, I would think that's a guy who's also going to take a swing at his woman. Are you kidding with this premise? Do you think it has the name wife beater t-shirt because that prejudice already doesn't exist? Do you know that's where the name came from? No, I wasn't. It's called a wife beater because you say guys who dress like that beat their wives. Why did you think it was called a wife beater? I don't know. I guess I didn't even really because th- the wife had to like beat it clean because it was an undershirt like in the laundry. Are you fucking totally serious right now? Yeah. Okay. What else? What other clothes are you prejudiced against? I think I'm prejudiced against sandals. All right. Okay. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Big snow weekend uh, lined up here, Fez. You, my friend, could find yourself snowed in for the Super Bowl. Yeah, that that's a scary thought, because I was hoping to come to your place. Well, I'd love to have you, but it's a big snow weekend. And that means I have to be careful who I have over. And I've already, you know, because I live in Manhattan, it's an apartment on the Upper East Side, I've got to limit this thing to 40. I can't have you by. All right, I'm not making the top 40? But you did make the top 50, if that means anything to you. But actually, you were on till yesterday. And then I met a really funny busboy. And uh, I had to boot you. All right, you don't even know the busboy for 24 hours yet. I know, but it's very exciting. It's very funny. He was wearing a wife beater shirt, which I assume meant his wife beat I thought it was a laundry thing. Swear to God. Yes. Swear. What's your problem with sandals? It's it's a dirty look. Mm. Seems like a dirty person wears sandals. Jesus. Mm. I would imagine dirty. Uh, what other clothes are you prejudice against? The turtleneck. Mm. Gives a pompous look. Really? What about if they wear it with a tweed coat? I think that's a li- with the patches on the elbows? Yeah. Now, you watch movies, right? Right. If they want to have a pompous character, do they put them in a turtleneck? Yes, they do. Why do you think that you've invented this? All right, this may not have been as thought out as well no, as I thought. No, I am loving it. I am loving that you think that guys and wife beaters could end up beating their wives. I'm loving that you thought that you had it as a uh, legitimate thought. I think it's perfect. It's like being on Marco and Mindy. A full-grown man just comes to the planet. I thought that man his wife had to beat it clean. You know, also, mm. in the movies, when a guy wears an eye patch, yeah. he's usually a v- bad guy. Uh, you're making fun of Fez now. By the way, did you see this picture of the guy? He's got a fake eye. And in the middle of the fake eye is the L.A. Dodgers fucking logo. I did see that. 
Now, they're acting like the rest of us never saw Last uh, Action Hero. <laughs> right. That's where they got that from. Which, on a scale of 1 to 10, is a 1. Yet, I don't think I've ever turned off Last Action Hero. I actually thought the premise was good. I wish they had executed it. Well, you know, the premise was one of those deals where they paid the writer like a million and a half dollars. Yeah. It was one of those real high-paid screenplays that they were doing for a while with action films. Well, it was kind of like Scream before Scream, only it was the action genre. The way Scream was a horror movie that parodied horror movies. Mm -hmm. They just were not able to execute, though, the, some of the humor in their parody. And that's mm. why it failed. You know, it was it had some good stunts. The Magai, uh, MacGruber movie mm -hmm. may not uh, may be on hold. The creator of well, they've Mac already made it. Well, the guy the guy who created MacGyver wants to make sure that it never gets released. He says he's got a MacGyver movie that he's been working on, and MacGruber would screw that up, and he doesn't want MacGruber being released from uh, Saturday Night Live. I don't believe. That the people who made MacGruber haven't sent this guy a check already. You know what I mean? They're lifting his fucking premise. And it puts MacGyver back in the public eye. Who was thinking of MacGyver? But don't you think the guy deserves a check? Yeah, he deserves a little cut of money. Uh, that's what this whole thing's about. He ain't going to stop this movie. But he could slow it down, and he deserves his check. And what's really funny, it sounds like he waited to the last possible minute to go... Holy shit, that's just like MacGyver. <laughs> it's my movie that I'm writing. 20, 30 years later. He should jump on board because I think a MacGruber versus MacGyver, two films out there, MacGruber's going to win. I don't know. I thought we all hated the MacGruber sketch on fucking Saturday Night Live all these years. I always thought it was fucking hideous. I, didn't, I don't care for... Now, the then I saw the trailer, and the trailer looked funnier than the fucking than any of the sketches have, mm -hmm. but I I know way I see myself leaving the house to see a Saturday Night Live sketch go on for two hours. <laughs> Haven't I been through this before? Yes. Coneheads. And on and on. Yeah. Just tons of them. Very that you're few like, are good. You know, Wayne's World was a good sketch. Would you still watch it? And uh, the second Wayne's World? The first one I would. The second one, no way. Yeah. The second one was just too... Forget about it. Yeah, too out there. I don't even remember what happened in the second one. That Did MacGruber come in? Uh, no, I believe Jim Morrison was now like he he got them to visit the desert and was doing some weird shit with them. He told them to make Wayne stock. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had to learn how to become roadies. Yeah, yeah from they, Del Preston. They had to set up their own festival. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. seems to like it. <laughs> and again, like MacGruber's going to be the same stuff. <laughs> yes, we get it. You keep blowing up all the time. You're MacGruber. Or like those two dancing guys, like the Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan did. Fucking frightening that they would make a movie into that. Night of Roxbury. Which was weird, because the characters on Saturday Night Live never talked. None of them should. <laughs> so weird. Like, what is a movie? And they tried its pat. Are you going to MacGruber? No, I'm not going to MacGruber. But you're mad at MacGyver anyway? Yeah, it's, it's like, it's too convenient that he's just now bringing this up. Send the fucker a check. <laughs> Magruba! Well, the A team's coming back, but as a real more movie. like the gay team, I suppose so. Four men by themselves. Well, I know they have that hole that they j dive into. The, uh, of course, I guess they're calling it the A hole. I didn't mean it like that. Oh, I thought they did. I thought that was the whole point of it. 
Dave, if we get 40 inches of snow, you coming in here on Saturday? Um, uh, I, it, it's all it's all about when the, it falls. But if it's snowing Friday night and continues to fall through Saturday night, I can't see myself doing that. So you're going to cancel yet another special delivery? Well, I mean, if it's weather related, I'm not. I I, I don't have the power to control. You the don't weather. think right now this show has a lot of heat I, from uh, Opie chasing you down the hall? I think it's got a ton of heat. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if I can't get in, I can't this get in. Your, no, this is your time now. Just stay here Friday. Will you uh, stay at your house? Well, I have to watch the yeah. kids. I'll on tell Friday. you this: if if he can stay overnight at your house, Fez, you can come to my Super Bowl party. <laughs> Dave, you can stay overnight at my house Friday night. Thank you. But if he isn't there, and I will check, you're not coming to the Super Bowl party. Okay. But he's got the invite. I might not be able to go because I have, might have to watch the kids on Friday. You might not be able to come, Fez. To my Super Bowl party. <laughs> oh, that's right. You get your babysitter. We were going to drink today. Today's fine. Make... Well, I'm on a drinking show on the air. It's Thursday, right? It's not Friday. Hey, I'm hearing good things that I... you might have won this thousand dollar contest. Oh, I mean, obviously, it's still... I took it seriously. Now, obviously, it's still open to people. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned. You're right there in the running. Thank you. I was You're really, up with some of the big names. I was striving to make a true blue jingle, because I'm actually a radio jingle fan. The Poland Springs and all that shit. How's that go? Poland Spring, what it means to be from Maine. Do you remember any of the jingles that have played on our show over the years that would get stuck in your head, Fez? Um, uh, a food emporium, food oh, emporium. Love that one, N E W. I love food yeah. emporium. Food emporium, food, food emporium. And that's all they did over Something and over. Something going on another week. <laughs> food emporium, food emporium. <laughs> um, there's one right now that is just monster. Um, I think it's on satellite and it's on um, one eight hundred cars for kids. Let me hear. It. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Now I don't understand. What kids are we giving the cars to? Children? <laughs> if you donate your car, yeah, you know what? I don't know what what the product is <laughs> I mean, for. I, I don't really. I'm not crazy about kids driving around in cars. They're just kids, especially ones that you're ready to abandon anyway. One eight hundred cars for kids. <laughs> um, I love that one so much. My favorite one is about uh, Penny Stock and Fez sucks men's cock. <laughs> that was great. The thing that I liked the, yeah. the thing I loved about that is it was so true. Very musical. I thought all the entries were incredibly musical. Yeah, they were. We we didn't have a bad entry, and it's still wide open. People can win this thing. Uh, Chris in Pennsylvania. Good taste echoes from the canyon, 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 Corbett Canyons. That awful wine commercial. That was always on back like, five years ago. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I always wondered, too, like, a guy starts out as a musician, then I guess he wants to be, you know, in a band and a songwriter. How does he even hook up with an advertising agency? And is there a fucking office where a guy's just sitting there on a keyboard coming up with well, really bad I, things? I think that they might go to him, because remember those Budweiser commercials that had the, you know, real American heroes? Yeah. And remember the guy singing in the background, the... Mr. Spinner, yeah. that's the you know that's the guy from um, 
who wrote uh, that's the guy from uh, who wrote Sur- Sur- uh, Eye of the Tiger. That's the guy who wrote I Eye had the no Tiger. idea of that. Yeah. That's the guy who wrote Eye of the Tiger. If you listen to the voices, same exact voice. He's the guy if it's like, you know, Mr. Um, laundry Detergent Salesman. Mr. Laundry Detergent Salesman! And then if you listen to, Got the Eye of the Tiger! It's the exact same voice. And I, uh, our, my radio professor a few years ago told me. Oh, so that's how you know all this information. That's how I know it. I'm not going to claim it for myself. Um, so now suddenly... It's just the fact that you're educated and Fez and I aren't. I'm an educated person, yes. Throwing it in our faces. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Bump. I didn't mean it like that. Bump. Um, let's go over here to Jay. Jay lives in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire. Uh, Jay, go ahead, buddy. Try those free credit report dot com songs, songs, those commercials. Holy shit! I want to fight that guy. I would pay money to punch him. Now you're only saying that because you know it so well. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. Uh, but that has got to mean that he's done his job. Uh, Rob in Indiana, you're on Fez. Eight hundred five eight eight two three hundred Empire. Empire today. Now, how would you know the difference? Though, why would you think to yourself, yeah? That's the one, because all you're doing is singing the fucking numbers. What would it matter? And like some guy's going like this, honey, let's go out tonight. Let's go out and eat. Fat check. Here's the song I wrote. He wrote a fucking phone number. He didn't write a song. It's all about the the uh, melody, you know, just is the, it ca- the catchiness. Yeah. But imagine if he had the foresight to say, hey, you know, if I just expand this to three minutes and write legit lyrics, this will be catchy enough no, to be in the top blow. 40. Although, uh, your mom's best friend, Barry Manilow, wrote some of our most famous jingles. He wrote the McDonald's uh, jingles um, and, a, and a ton of other ones. Wow. Uh, I didn't know. Before he became the famous yeah. Barry Manilow. We ought to, we'll, we'll, we'll grab some of his songs tomorrow. But I will tell you this, and it's really weird that you said that. You'll know all, all of these songs. Uh-huh. Even though most of them were done before you were born, that's how long... Dave, these songs lasted. And then he, he just said to himself, hey, if I made it three minutes and fucking put Mandy instead of Candy, I'll be in the fucking, you know, big, big money. Yeah. Joe in Ohio. You're on Fez. Two. Two. Two mints in one. Uh, Sean in Albany uh, has one that Sean wants to uh, throw in here. Go ahead, Sean. Johnny, we got you, buddy? And lost you. Here's Chris, Chris in Rochester. Hi, hi Ron. Hi, Fez. Big fan. Uh, I know that you donate the car, and they sell it for scrap metal, and then they use the metal to help kids. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah, you, it's big up here. They do it for kidney dialysis. I had no idea. So they're not giving the cards... To the kids. No, they're not letting the little... Now I can't feel so superior when I'm sitting out on the street in the car, smoking and listening to commercials, going like this. The fuck is wrong with these people? In the meantime, they're helping kids with kidneys, and I look like Fez attacking poor uh, George Clooney. Well, how are you supposed to know? They really don't make it clear. The jingle's just about the phone number. Uh, Ted, New Jersey. Hey. Then, then you have the uh, people who were popular, and then they 
went to reduce to sing jingles like Richie Havens and uh, Phoebe Snow. I never heard that um, that Richie Havens started singing jingles. Yeah, and Phoebe Snow did the Stouffer's commercials a few years ago. All right, we got to grab some of these tomorrow. Yeah. I want the Stouffer's commercial, and I want to find the Richie Havens commercial. Uh, Charlie, you're on Fez. Hey, Sharky, Fairfield. What do you say, dude? I'm going to go old school. Play world, a world of toys. Great for girls and great for boys. Play world where prices go. Here's Lewis and Man. Uh, let me go over to Lewis in Manhattan. Go ahead, Lewis. Five. Five dollars. Five dollar foot long. <laughs> now, really, you give the guy the term. I need the term five dollar foot long said over and over. Give me something good. I mean, there's that's not even melodic. No. It should be able to be done by anyone. I think it is. Round and fast, but it's round and fast show. <laughs> and you know, it, it must have been like his boss is sitting there, like Larry Tate. Like, do I yell at him or cheer? Let's see what the sponsor thinks. And they loved it. That's it. <laughs> this is the one. You know what? Let's stay the rest of the day just talking and playing jingles. You guys in? Yeah, I'm here. All right, it's a done deal. Um, we're gonna stay for the next three hours. <laughs> We're going to play you funny jingles and talk about funny jingles. Because it's really, really fun to do such things. Here is uh, Frank. Frank, you're on Fez. N E S T L E S. What comes out of my ASS? <laughs> Eat me. Um, here is Howie, New York. You're on Fez. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond oh, Joy's got nuts. Mounds Why do you suddenly don't. go up high no matter what? Almond <laughs> oh, Joy's got nuts. Mounds don't. But you act like you're in a fucking choir. That's, that's how they sing it. Well, that's how no, I, I don't it. think so. Because huh. everything comes back the same way that you and your mom sing <laughs> each other. It's insane. All right, we're going to be with you now for the next three hours playing jingles. Hanging out. We hope that you'll spend the time with us. I noticed this one. This was my favorite jingle of all time. It had fuck in it. And yeah, 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 yeah. This has been 